It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's it. One more. Get her No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Live Outs. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey, it is the NFL Mock Draft Night. I have been waiting for this day for the last couple of weeks. We have some great guests coming on the show, don't we? Yes, we've got uh, five of our own. We got Jeff, obviously, we'll call and probably mock the Jets, mock the Cowboys, do his stuff. We got Nithin, we got Carl, we got two guys from Weapons Hot as well. They'll be popping in for a little bit, CJ and Kevin Jackson. So we're going to have a great show lined up for you. As you know, at about 10, 15, 10, 30, we'll start our mock draft. We'll go through the first round. Uh, we'll go from 1 to 32, right? It's yep. 32. Mm-hmm. So we'll go from top to bottom. And and really, last year, it was me and Jeff that were neck and neck. We had practically the same draft, the same mock draft, uh, all the way through. I think he was. we were at like one or two picks that were the opposite. But right. it, it is absolutely crazy. And we were dead on with the draft in the first round. Yeah, I think you guys collectively got like eight picks right or something like that. Mm-hmm. Of the total draft. Yeah, so... Uh, and that's that's hard to do because with mock drafts you you really can't predict what's going to happen, especially when you're there could be trades, there could be so many different moves, even like two three hours before the draft. Right. And with this Debo Samuel situation, I mean he could be traded three hours before the draft, maybe to the Jets, maybe to Seattle, whoever it is. I don't think he's going to Seattle, but no. uh, there there's a lot of talks that DK Metcalf could be traded before the draft. So there could be so many twists and turns. Uh, before the draft and then during the draft as well. And Baker Mayfield is still lurking out there where he could be finding another team as well before the draft. So, so much going on with about 24 hours left of the draft. And then 24 24 hours after the draft is my birthday. So, uh, The big 4-0. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that. Like I've been talking about for the last couple of Months, uh, you know, four zero means I'm just as old as dirt. So, well, and from your logic, everybody that's younger than you is a baby. So, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, seriously. I mean, how old are you? Twenty six, twenty seven. Twenty six. You're I'll be, a baby. Twenty seven this year. You're July. a baby. So that's that's to me. When I'm thirteen, fourteen years older than you, it means you're a baby. So yes, to, when you were born, I was fourteen years old. So that's a yeah, huge difference. Then again, I think you also said the same thing that Tom Bahali was like three years younger than you. No, Tom Bahali is 38. Oh, I'm 38? 39. Okay. He'll be 39 this year. Okay. I'll be 40. So a year younger than you. There you go. Yes, but to me, when you see all the things that he has done in his career, you would think that he was in his 40s. But the guy's 38 years old, and his oldest kid, I think, is like four. 
Yeah. I, I mean, seriously. And he even told me he started having kids later in his life right. when he was like 34 years yep. old. So, I mean, Taba, he's a good friend to the show now, and I want to give a shout-out to him. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll get him on the show. We'll talk about the draft as well because I know he's going to be watching the draft next uh, next year, uh, tomorrow as well. So uh, as he's rooting for his Kansas City Chiefs to do the right thing at 29 and 30. Mm. So be very interesting to see what's going to happen when it comes to uh, the draft and, and the Kansas City Chiefs that need to make some moves. They absolutely do, especially in the position that they're in. Uh, they're not in the best position, especially losing Tyreek Hill going into uh, the offseason. So, anyways, uh, we're, we have a lot more to talk about. We're going to talk about the Mets brawl today, which uh, it's back and forth. Bassett says something about the balls, uh, and, and we'll talk about what the Major League might have done to the balls this year. He's saying that he can't grip the ball like he did last year. I'm not surprised. We, we've seen this before. And there uh, last year, when there wasn't as many home runs as it was the year before, I actually it was more home runs last year, and I think baseball was trying to clean up because the year before that there was not enough right. home runs. Exactly. So I think baseball is trying to maneuver the balls and trying to figure out what ball works and what ball doesn't work. It's I don't understand why they mess around with the balls. It doesn't make any sense. But Bassett says he can't grip the ball, and that's why he was throwing the ball all over the place today. So uh, we will get into that in just a few moments. Uh, we'll, a lot of draft, uh, a lot of speculations that uh, Darren Waller could be traded to the Green Bay Packers before the draft. So that's something uh, that has been a talk uh, throughout the league and throughout the, the different avenues with uh, Adam Scheffner and and all the different analysts that uh, have been talking about, even Ian Rappaport says uh, that this could absolutely go down, which is weird because when you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, to have Darren Waller and obviously Adams and, and the weapons that they have, you would think that they would want to keep Darren Waller because he's a, such a great weapon in an offense that uh, pro- prolific. So prolific, I'm sorry, but... Uh, just so much going on and, and so many things that could happen in the next couple hours. So, and also, there's no guarantees that anything could happen before the draft. But yeah. there's so many different things that can. So we will get into that and we'll do our mock draft. So uh, the first hour, hour and 15 minutes, we'll get into some baseball, we'll get into some football. And then obviously the rest of the show will be the mock draft while, as we'll have CJ Kevin and all the rest of the goons, they'll be joining us. The goons. The goons. So, so why don't we get into the baseball conversation? And when you look at the New York Mets, and, and yesterday when Pete Alonso got hit in the head, that was a scare. And, and you look at the type of player that he is, the power hitter that he is, they call him the, the panda. To me, we have seen this before. With the New York Mets. We have seen this with David Wright. And David Wright brought that special helmet into the league. And now Giancarlo wears it. And, mm-hmm. and so many different players. Christian Yelich wears it. So we've seen this before with the New York Mets. And I'm not saying that teams are hunting and, and trying to hit the Mets. And trying to injure Mets. But the Mets, so far in a very short season. In about 16 games right now. Has been hit 19 times. Which leads the league by at least 8 hit balls. Yep. Next, next, there's two teams after that with 11. That's, just, that's a big difference. So if you think about it, every other team in the league haven't even come close to being hit as much as the New York Mets. Maybe it's because the Mets are playing good baseball. Maybe teams are trying to put pitch the balls in on the hitters. I don't know what it is. 
But today, Bassett, after the game, says that the balls are absolutely different than they were last year. It's harder to grip. It's harder to throw. It's harder to throw the the off-speed pitches. We saw, if you're watching the Yankee game right now, Jordan Montgomery tried to throw the change up, and it couldn't dip. And and, and the whole game, he was throwing the ball in, in perfect spots, and he loses the grip. Now, I don't know what baseball is doing with the baseballs. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the MLB is doing. Obviously, maybe they're trying to change the balls around, trying to fix the way uh, pitchers are gripping the ball. I have no idea. That's a speculation. There's no truth to anything that Bassett said today. But what we, but what we do know is Pete Alonso got hit in the head yesterday. And then J.D. JD Davis got thrown out today. And I know Buck Showalter has told his pitchers not to throw at the Cardinals. Buck is an old-time type of manager. He doesn't want to stir up any problems with the Cardinals, especially when they have to play him six to ten times this season. Mm -hmm. And the Cardinals right now, are a team as uh, in their division that could win the division. That could be one of the teams they might have to meet in the playoffs. But this brawl was out of hand. And, and Major League Baseball is going to look into it. I'm sure some players are going to be suspended. There's going to be fines. Now, this is great. This is, this is a when we've seen this before, this is a part of the game. This has happened before many, many times. How many times, as a Yankee fan, have we seen so many brawls? It happened three years ago with Nolan Arenado. <laughs> Last year, it happened with Giancarlo Stanton and the Mets. Lindor right. and Alex Baez, if you remember that. The problem is, right now, where you look at the position of the game and, and where the game is going. The transition of the game with the new rules and and obviously maybe the new baseballs and maybe they're they're eventually going to bring in electronic umpires or whatever they're deciding to do in the future this is always going to be a part of the game now that doesn't make you tougher than the other team it doesn't make the mets tougher than the cardinals but what happened today was when the mets Got thrown at. J.D. Davis got thrown at. In the 8th or ninth inning, the Mets decided to throw at Nolan Arenado, one of their star players. Nolan Arenado looked at the pitcher, obviously knew that he was going to charge the mound, and then the brawl started. And it started everybody, from the bullpens, from the benches, everybody got involved with it. Pete Alonso got um, held up by the first base coach. Yeah. I mean, It was like 70 pounds lighter than him, too. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. You look at, and I know a lot of people love this, and, and, and it's great. It's a great part of baseball. It really is, because you, you want to see things like that. That's what makes hockey so fun to watch, because over the years— uh, people like the fighting. People like the enforcers. Roger Clemens, if you remember Roger Clemens with Mike Piazza, yep, remember when World Series? Yeah. <laughs> remember when Roger Clemens threw the bat and Mike Piazza when he was walking to first base, practically, and then it started a whole big thing. And Roger Clemens meant to throw it, which he probably did. We've seen this before. This is part of the game. The problem here is. What happens if somebody got badly hurt? 
What happens if Nolan Arenado got hit in the head and it hit him in the eye and could have ended his career? Hit him in the mouth and popped out his whole front teeth. Hit him in the ear where he loses his hearing. Could kill somebody. That's the way the game is played. Now, uh, again, I do not believe Buck Showalter told any of his pitchers to throw out Nolan Arenado. I, I cannot see Buck Showalter going out there and saying, you know what, guys, throw at Nolan, and, and, and we'll, we'll start a whole beef with the Cardinals, and it, would, it will stir up another game, and then another game, and then another game. Now, we're going to watch this all year round. When they play the Cardinals, we're going to see who's throwing at who. And even if it's an accident, even if it's an accident throwing at another hitter. They play again in three weeks at City Field. What is that going to do? You, the, could you imagine going to City Field and Met fans see somebody get hit with a baseball accidentally? The chance that are going to happen over there at City Field? Now, again... This is part of the game. It's fun to watch. If you don't like baseball or you think baseball is boring, when you watch something like this, this makes baseball not boring. Yeah, this is definitely a a feud that's going to go on for a while, too. I've seen it on Mets Twitter today, especially. A lot of them are calling Nolan Arenado soft. That's going to fuel a rivalry, in a sense. I I haven't heard any of the pitchers say anything like that yet from the Mets, but all the Mets fans are definitely going to be... uh, Booing Nolan Arenado. Hopefully nothing. As the, hopefully nothing where they throw. Why stuff are on the they field. booing Nolan Arenado? I don't know. They haven't done it yet. He didn't throw the ball. No, no, no. I know they they were calling him soft though for charging the mound of a pitch that didn't hit him. But meanwhile, it definitely it definitely looked like Speedy, it was a when fastball. When you see the ball go behind you, you're a major league pitcher, okay, and you know that these guys are pinpoint accurate every time they throw the ball. Every time they throw the ball, they're pinpoint accurate most of the time. They're maybe off an inch or two every single time they throw the pitch. Mm -hmm. The chances of them throwing the ball behind another hitter is very slim to none. It is so slim. So to say that that wasn't purposely done, I don't know what to say. Okay, so That was absolutely purposely done to scare Nolan Arnano. I don't know if he meant to hit him. But nevertheless, if I was Nolan Arenado and I know you're trying to throw at me and trying to permanently hurt me, absolutely going and charging at the mound. To call him soft, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't tell the pitcher to throw at uh, J.D. Davis. He wasn't the one that told whoever was pitching uh, 24 hours ago to throw at the head of Pete Alonzo. Was yeah. he? No, the, and a lot of them were the newer pitchers, too. Uh, the one that hit Davis today was Genesis Cabrera, who, who's a young pitcher that's been up and down so far from the minor leagues. And the one that the one that hit or threw at Arenado was a guy in Lopez who they just traded for from the Diamondbacks literally like two weeks ago. So I don't know if there's any past beef with any of that, but they both kind of looked where it was intentional considering the situation and considering the circumstance where Arenado's was a fastball and J.D. Davis was on a 3-2 count. There's no, there's no reason for him to, to throw it inside like that close to the body where you're trying to throw a strike and not have him walk the batter. So both of them did. In terms of the Alonzo one, that one didn't look as intentional. It was a change-up. It was, it was one that was trying to paint the corners for a strike. I don't think that one definitely was intentional. But, again, Alonzo's going to be somebody he's a, he's a big – vocal leader on this team. He's definitely going to make it known to the Cardinals pitchers that it's going to be like that. And in terms of the Mets, in terms of this whole year, there's definitely some that have looked intentional. There were instances of the Nationals in the beginning of the season. The Phillies definitely in their series they already played this year. We already saw 
their relief pitchers, which carried over from last year, too, when uh, Dominic Smith got hit in the head last year by Jose Alvarado. That started a whole feud. So there's definitely tension there. And now the Cardinals, whether they were all intentional or not, you're right. I don't think they all were. It's definitely going to start some kind of feud that's going to be very This is part of the game. I don't know why anybody is blowing this out of proportion. If anything, it's great to talk about when it comes to sports media. Because who knocked out who? Who threw the first punch? Who who was bigger than who threw the harder punch? I mean, seriously, it's it's what makes the game perfect. What's make the game over the years? What it's always been part of the game. It's always been part of the game. And so, and Nolan Arenado, like I said, that already had it three years ago. So leave it to him to fire it up from the Cardinals' leadership standpoint, too. So him and Alonzo, from a player perspective. I don't think it has anything to do with Pete Alonzo and Nolan Arenado. I don't think it has anything to do with because he's the superstar captain or leader of the Cardinals, the reason why he charged the mound. You throw the, if you're throwing a ball and you're a major league pitcher and you're throwing behind me, it usually means you're throwing at me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to protect myself. Not my team, protect myself. That's why he, he charged the mound. And nothing to do with being leader of the Cardinals or being uh, a part of a team. It, it's all about, to me, I'm a man and I'm going to protect myself. That's it. I'm just saying there would have probably been a less of a reputation if it was, say, a bench player that did it versus versus somebody much as Arenado, who already had that instance with the Rockies. I think he was against the Padres three years ago, too. So you're going to see that. And Alonzo, we know how vocal he could be sometimes, too, with the Mets in the past with his social media, with the things he said he stood for, all that stuff. <laughs> you mocked him last year with the Lindor stuff. I, there's a lot of it, too, and you, Lindor and bias, too. It's going to carry over in a lot of different instances for the Mets, but the Mets are already getting hit 19 times this year. Go, what you were saying about Bassett is definitely – it's definitely possible. I don't know to, what that's all about. Either. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible with the way they tamper with the ball. I remember my, when I was first with this network, you and I had a big argument on whether they were juicing the balls, and you turned out to be right. They had scientific scientific evidence in 2017 and 2018 they were juicing the balls. Then 2019 they didn't. The shortened season they didn't. Then last year they started to do it again. So these pitchers are all of a sudden not getting happy. Justin Verlander wasn't happy. Max Scherzer wasn't happy when he was with the Nationals, and now Chris Bassett, the latest of that kind of thing. And you're right. I don't think baseball does care. I don't. Baseball wants more offense, so you want more base runners. You want guys to get on base, and and they definitely want stuff like this. It's like you're saying, entertaining for the game. I think because of last year, with the there's so much home runs, so many home runs happened last year, and it, the league. I think it was the most home runs we've seen in ten years. I think it, they wanted to change it up, and I think they're trying to take away those home runs that right. we're seeing year in and year out. So I think all in all, I think the the fact is baseball might have changed the balls around this year to try to limit the home runs. And mm-hmm. that's what happens. I mean, baseball's right now down with home runs right now. So uh, who's hitting home runs? I mean, uh, obviously Rizzo's hitting home runs. Mike Trout's hit a couple of them. Lindor's hitting four or five of them. So as much as you're looking at the numbers, the numbers aren't really down, but I guess maybe baseball wanted to limit more as many home runs that happened last year? I don't know. Yeah, offensive numbers as a whole are down throughout the league from where last year was, too, in terms of even just individual runs scored, too. And I've also never seen so many teams get shut out as early in, in, in this early in the season as they have. Uh, ben says Milwaukee about to sweep Chicago will win in five games. Yes, we ben. figured that was going to happen. Uh, Waller would be a great pickup for Green Bay. Should have been including in the Adams trade if it was going to happen, though. Uh, John has a question. Would you give Kyrie a Supermax no. next year? No, no, I wouldn't either. I would give him a three-year deal extension where Worth probably 
I would give Kyrie 35 a year. I would give him 35 a year, give him close to $100 million for three years. That's what I would give him. Because we don't know if Kyrie wants to play after 35. We had Mulholland in uh, yesterday, and, and you heard what he said. He's a writer for the Nets, and he said that Kyrie is one of those guys that you don't know if he's going to play another three or four years in the NBA. So giving him an extension, you don't give him a super max. You give him... Uh, I, I would give him three years worth about $35 million, which for a high-priced, high-profile point guard, that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. I, I think it works. So we'll see what happens because right now, if Kevin Durant doesn't opt out of his contract, he has three years left on the contract, yep. which means he's going to be there another three years. So I, I can't see Kyrie playing another three more years. I could see Kyrie playing another three more years, but not four, because why would he play without Kevin Durant? And, and in three more years, I think Kevin Durant retires. I also I think they realize that maybe this veteran minimum thing isn't going to work out, too, so they want to clear some other money, too. So I, hopefully Kyrie realizes that, but you never know with his brain. All right, who do we have? Um, but I just want to read one more of the comments. Uh, does anyone hit 60 home runs this year? I doubt it. No, uh, not 60 home runs. And then, I could see 50. And then uh, Lakers or Nets, the biggest bust this year? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, the Lakers. Yeah. The Lakers were the bigger bust because the Lakers should have made the playoffs. Even when, when LeBron James played a lot of games this year. I think he played 67 games yep. out of the 82. I mean, that's a lot of games. And LeBron had a sensational year. And usually when LeBron has the year that he has this year – you make the playoffs. I, I mean, we've seen it with Cleveland. Yeah, at least as a playing team. Yeah. I mean, they should have made the playoffs. The fact that they didn't make the playoffs with the year that LeBron James has uh, had this year, it, that is telling of where this team was and what this team is. And they're a rebuilding team. And that's why I think if I were the Lakers in the offseason, I'm trading LeBron James. You're not winning anymore. I think I still think LeBron has another championship in his uh, in his pocket. The problem is, I don't know if it's with the Lakers. Yeah, it might not be with that kind of system either. All right, we got uh, we got Josh on the phone. Josh, what's going on, bud? What's going on, guys? How are we? Happy birthday. The bigger question is, you know, you're talking about the balls. I want to yes. know if Speedy has shaved his balls yet. That's oh, the God. bigger question. With this That's a good thing. question. I mean, you yeah, really I mean, had to go there, Josh. I mean, if I he mean, has Do we have an over-under on that on DraftKings or something? Like, I, don't I mean, know. is there oh, something God. going on? I don't mean, give them any ideas. In the NFL draft. Well, when, <laughs> well, when he uh, his birthday comes around, I'm going to buy him some Manscaped. So there you go. I mean, don't you know that his ball hair is connected to, like, his facial hair? So it's all, like, <laughs> one big line. And so it's, like, you know. <laughs> oh, boy. But I, I am excited to, you know, because, I mean, I don't know if you saw the announcement that yeah. I, I'm doing off the mat myself on Friday. Because, look at you. You know, Alex is is, is out um, mm-hmm. with his new job and everything. And Dan Lai was going to, I believe, the last Islander game of the year. And I am Boo-hoo. excited to do it because uh, – Speedy is we're, – we're going to talk sports on that show too. It's going to be like old times again. Look at and you. And it, it's going to be nice. It's going to be fun. We'll have NFL draft recaps. So it's not even just going to be about wrestling that show. Look at you. Because let's call it – I love wrestling, but I can't do an hour straight by myself on this show. <laughs> I know you love my quote tweet too, Josh. I can't do it. I can't. I mean, let's 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 call it like it is. I could maybe do 20 minutes on myself on wrestling recap and be done with it. And I will say it. this, Josh. I'm so flabbergasted. If you hear – my, if you hear what I was talking about in the beginning of the show, I, I'm going back and forth why everybody is making this such a big deal, the brawl. I, the only thing that's a big deal right now is what Bassett said about the balls. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, that's the only big deal. I mean, I mean you, you, you know what it is? And, and I watched it today. It, the thing of it is, when you get in Speedy alluded to it earlier, they, it's not even close to the fact that the Mets have been hit 19 times this year and the next closest is 11. 
I mean, eventually something something's gonna. I mean, Peter Lawson's been hit in the head twice. Not to mention he got to a horrible car accident. I think the the the, the guy just had enough. He had it. He you know you you know you snap every now and then, right? We all have those moments where mm-hmm. we just want to just do something about it because we've had a. When you get hit in the head with a ball twice, whether it's a changeup, a fastball, doesn't matter. A ball is, in, is at your head, and you know I think Buck said it best today. You know our guy got hit in the head. And he went to first base, <laughs> and if you actually look at the pitch location of, of where the ball actually went to Arenado, it wasn't close. By the way, the the ball wasn't. It barely brazed him. The the fact and is, the fact he, is, he. he Come on. He, you know, he, he, he overreacted to it. He did, but you completely. want to know something? I'm a professional baseball player, and I know that these pitchers have pinpoint accuracy. I know that. And the fact that the ball went behind me tells me that he was throwing at me. So if of I course. was, if I am Nolan Arenado, I, I'm going to get angry. I, I of know. Course, absolutely. But, but, but the different here's the thing, though. How come when Pete gets in the head twice? No, I'm not saying that he, Pete. He, he walks to first base though. No issues. No problem. Pete and is different. Arenado just goes nuts. Pete's a different player. Pete has a you know that personality, that calm, collective personality. Look, with everything going on last year, he dis- decided to get rid of his Twitter account. Decided to get rid of his social media. Smart. Let you me know? tell you something. Twitter is a cesspool of negativity. Very smart man. Well, every every social media is a negative. Oh, thing. it's disc- it's horrible. But it, it, it's it's also, I mean, and, and I know, I don't know if you even obviously when Alonzo got knocked down, I brought it up to, and actually, Speedy, I think I sent you the video of it, of the player, and it wasn't even the coach that actually knocked Alonzo down. It was one of the Cardinals players. You'll see it, number ninety-two. I don't know who it is. I think it's I a relief it pitcher. Yeah, yeah. He pulled Alonzo down by the collar from behind and then ran off to go do <laughs> to go do something else. <laughs> I, I will say this, and I'll go back I mean, to this. He, I will go back. Really, yeah. just, mm-hmm. go go go. I was going to say, but just really quick. I mean, what if the guy pulled him down? And Alonzo, you know, tore something. Again, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm about to get into. The, the only problem with this brawl, and, and the facts here, is if no, somebody if somebody got really hurt. And we've seen this yeah. before. We've seen this in brawls before, especially in the 80s. If you remember the brawls in the 80s, we've seen chairs get thrown. We've seen people being thrown around. We've seen people break their fingers, break, you know, Lose teeth. We've seen this before. So that would be the only scary part of this brawl if, if somebody badly got hurt. So, uh, so again, nothing really happened. So that no, is. I, I actually think that guy that pulled Alonzo down, the one that pulled him down, the relief pitcher, he's the dumbest guy of the whole thing. He actually, now that I'm seeing the name, it's 92. That's, that's Cabrera. That's the relief pitcher that hit Davis. <laughs> that makes that's sense. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He's the. You know, See, and there you go. He hit Davis. Now Davis is in a walking boot for the next few days. Thanks a lot, Jackass. So you know. All right. Well, the the, the the point of it is, is that he's the dumbest guy of the whole thing because he's the one that could have really hurt Alonzo, and he ran off. It will be because a- he he knew once Pete and Pete knew who it was. By the way, he said it after the game. He knew who it was. If he was there and Pete got up, Pete would have just. I don't even want to know what Alonzo would have done to him. I, I like. Thank God the guy ran off. I'm very, I'm serious because Alonzo, if you look, like Adam Wainwright and Albert Pujols had to calm him down. Because I know for a fact, Alonzo said he knew exactly who it was that knocked him down. And he's, that guy is very lucky 
that he ran away who from cares? the whole thing. It, nothing ever happened. It's over. And it'll be. It will be. Cares, but you know what, though? At the same time, it, it will, does matter because, God forbid, Alonzo gets seriously hurt. The guy's been through enough hell. All right. He's been all right. Yeah, let's let's, let's hit, end this conversation. Twice. I don't want to talk anymore about it. We we understand. It should have never happened. They should. The Mets should have never thrown at Nolan Arenado after they threw at J.D. Davis. It should have never happened. Buck Showalter probably told him not to do it. The Mets did it anyways. Who cares? It'll be the talk of the town tomorrow on social media and throughout no, the week. Yes, you know it will. It'll be yes, talk of the will. town in the morning, and then we'll get to the NFL draft nonsense all over again because, you know, that's – let, 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 I mean, listen, it's a, it, it's a conversation, right? This is something that's being talked about. It's in the sports market right now. It's not just being talked about in New York. People are talking about, like, what the freak happened. Ah. And it's the second bench clear thing the Mets have dealt with this year. But it's just – What does really... that tell you about the Mets? That tells you that tells you that the Mets are looked at as bad guys right now, and maybe, That's maybe, fine. maybe. Listen, you know hold on, hold on. That's let me fine. say. Let me, before, let me let me talk for a second, and I'll let you cut in and say whatever you want. The Mets are right now winning, and the Mets spent a lot of money this offseason. They spent a lot of money last offseason. They spent over $800 million, and probably the way I look at it, especially in the National League, a lot of these teams are jealous that the Mets have arguably the richest co- the richest owner in professional baseball. So, again, that could be the reason why a lot of these teams are headhunting or throwing at the Mets. Is it right? No, it's not. And I love what Bassett said today, you know, blaming the balls. Saying that the balls are juiced again, which might possibly be because after what happened last year with all the home runs and all the offense we saw last year, record-breaking offensive numbers, maybe baseball is trying to change that around where it becomes more well, of even. Of course they are. It's Rob Manfred. Of course they are. I mean, this is we're at a point now where nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, this is a guy that during the lockdown negotiations was on the golf course teeing off while negotiations are going on. But nothing surprises me with, with the same. I mean, lightning struck when he did an interview on ESPN two years ago behind him. That should have been a sign that the guy is the devil himself anyway as it is for Major League Baseball. All right. He is. All right. Let's get let's get off, uh, you know, obviously Rob Manford and what's going oh, on Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know. Like I said, you know. You, you, <laughs> Errol you, you, knows you, all you, too you, well. He called Rob Manford I mean, the worst know, commissioner like, three you know, years you know, ago. other guys call in. You talk about anything. Oh, I, I just think. I'm just chiming in, you know. No, no, no. I like that. I like that you're chiming in. I, I, but uh, as you know, I'm not going to talk about Rob Manfred because I think he's the worst commissioner in professional sports. His name is um, Rob Manfred. It's Rob Manfred. Don't you know? Whatever. And 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 really, Je- uh, obviously, Carl, I was about to say Jeff. Carl is saying that it wasn't a brawl. It was a brawl. It's considered a brawl. Nobody really threw uh, that many punches where it turned out to be a major brawl. But in baseball, they call that a brawl. You it's know, not going to so. be like an 80s-style brawl like Errol will say, but it's going to – still a weak-ass brawl, I'll tell you that much. If that's how they were fighting, they get mugged in the streets, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, well – So besides the baseball thing, what what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, you know what? I've been reading online. Obviously, there's now reports that are coming out that it looks like Trayvon Walker is going to be the number one pick for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And this is a fascinating story because it's just – all I've read is that the owner, the GM, and the head coach, all three want different guys. Yes. So, by the way, there's a lot of camaraderie already with that organization. Again, it's great. It looks wonderful. <laughs> uh, thank God Trevor Lawrence went there. So good for him. But to, to, to this point, what I'm seeing in odds-wise, and it's the weirdest thing, I don't think it's going to happen. I'd be shocked. But then again, Panacea won eighth overall last year, and Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick, so nothing surprises me anymore. 
that they're saying that Kayvon Thibodeau is now the favorite to go number two and Derek Stingley is the favorite to go number three yep. on the odds-making board, which is just – and I know the talk with the Jets the last few days is, okay, wh- do they go sauce or do they go icky? Which, 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 which way are they going? If Aiden Hutchinson – I don't even know if they even met with Aiden Hutchinson during this draft. They don't process, have to. But then – they don't That's have what to. I'm saying. There's times when guys have been drafted. Like, I'm probably in the minority here. I'm. I. I. I just don't know about Hutchinson. I don't know. Well, and- I'm a big fan of Jermaine. I love Jermaine Johnson. I love George Kalafis from Purdue, by the way. And I, he's sliding a lot, which mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out why that's the case. I don't know why. Uh, the guy has a burst off the line of scrimmage. He actually has, in my opinion, has a better reach. Than Hutchinson does. Um, I, I feel like if Hutchinson is there at four, I'd be so surprised if Douglas goes if you saw us. If you listen to the show yesterday and we had Daigle on, and he he pretty much predicted Walker was going one. He pretty much predicted it. He said Kevon Thibodeau goes two. He 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 said he'd be surprised that if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go two. But he said that if t- there there is talks that the Lions really like Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. So if, and the cor- and the hold corners on. are going to one of them is one of them is going to Houston. Uh, hold on one Stingley second. Let me let me speak for a second. Let me let me just tell you what Daigle said because you weren't listening yesterday. Uh, he said that no, I was watching my son. Sorry. All right, I'm just telling you what happened. He said Walker will definitely. He believes Walker is going one, and he said that if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go two, and it is Thibodeau, and 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 it is Stingley going three, that the Jets are not going to pass up on Aiden Hutchinson. He he pretty much said that. So. Even if uh, Iquanu is the guy that uh, Joe Douglas absolutely loves, and there is some stories coming out that Makai Beckham's team are not very happy with the Jets right now, especially uh, with what happened last year after he got hurt and all the social media stuff, the attacks that he had. Meanwhile, his rookie season, going into his second year, he was a top-six tackle in all of football. He gets hurt the first game of the season, and everybody wants to get rid of him. And if I was Makai Beckham, I would want to be traded too. I wouldn't want to be with. I wouldn't want to play for a team that my fans are already telling telling that telling everybody and telling the coaching staff to trade me. So I wouldn't be happy. So it, I've heard that they really really like Iggy, but. I've also heard they like sauce. But if Aiden Hutchinson is sitting there at four, the Jets cannot pass up on him. They they can't. He's sitting there. I, he, nobody would have thought that Aiden Hutchinson would be sitting there. So you at like four. Aiden Hutchinson. So you are you both fans of Hutchinson? I am. Yes, because if the Jets don't if the Jets oh, then he's definitely gonna be a bus of speed as a fan of if, 100%. Yeah, okay. If the Jets don't <laughs> draft him at four, the Giants are gonna draft him at five. That's a fact. So and the Giants will wait until their seventh pick, and they'll draft the offensive tackle. I hate dry. I, I tell you, man. I my favorite prospect in this whole thing is is Sauce, man. And I hate the fact that they're gonna. I I, I, I this guy is gonna be a special corner in this league. So your scenario you. that you like, you would want Sauce at four, and then Jermaine Johnson. I would at want 10. Sauce at four, and honestly, if they trade the tenth pick for Debo because they're gonna draft the wide receiver anyway, I don't then think. You, 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 you know, then you trade the pick. Then I don't think they're trading uh, for Debo Samuel's. I, everything that I've heard, I, I know they're shopping him or they're looking what what people will offer him. And the Jets have the most to offer. The Jets, 
if they would trade for Debo Samuel to give the Jets don't want to trade that tenth pick, right? So no, they want to trade the same package they did for Tyree Kill. That yes. would be what they would want to do. So they would give up their or two seconds for McLaurin from Washington. So they would. You just go that route. So they would. Uh, they would trade. First of all, I, I can't see Washington trading McLaurin when they're looking to add another wide receiver, uh, especially with Carson Wentz there. I don't. I don't see. Yeah, cap Carson Wentz good. is going to make them a million times better. Boy, were they stupid for not waiting for that quarterback carousel to unfold. First of all, Carson Wentz had a pretty good season last year with Indianapolis. He did. And the fact that Indianapolis threw him away had something to do off the field, not on the field. So it's an upgrade. Yeah, I don't know about how much of an upgrade it is. I I think it's better for sure. I mean, let's let's call it like, to me, I think Carson Wentz is what he is. And this isn't about Carson Wentz or anything like that. He is what he is. And listen, when I was on the show with you guys, and you remember, I picked the Colts to win that division, and I thought they were – I thought that that team had a legitimate shot at going to the AFC Championship game against Kansas City this past year. I did. I, I really – I thought with Frank Reich being there, you know, being that guy that motivated him in Philadelphia, got in what would have been an MVP season before the injury, then – you know, I thought it was a perfect it wasn't, fit, and that, that Jacksonville game was a disaster. It yeah. wasn't only Carson Wentz and the reason why Indianapolis didn't make the playoffs. And I know a lot of people want to throw him under the bus. If you look at his numbers, he had a pretty good year for a quarterback that everybody wanted to just throw away from Philadelphia. I mean, 27 touchdowns, what, 12 interceptions? Seven interceptions. Seven interceptions. 35, 63 passing yards. There you go. I, I mean, that's a I'm pretty good year. I'm also curious with Detroit is, with, with, does Detroit trade down? I haven't heard that them. Quarterback. I haven't heard them being a team that's interested in that. I've they heard that from Houston. Though. I'm just saying. I don't know they're not getting a quarterback listen, in this year. They're not going to get a quarterback no, they're not. trading down. Listen, they might get it with their last pick. Lost a lot of steam. This draft has lost a lot of steam, right? Because there's no sexy quarterback that's coming out this year. This is that's, not a deep that's draft. Really, that's, that's, the, that's the issue. I, an interesting thing I saw today, and it's so funny how it, everybody loves Kenny Pickett, right? Mm-hmm. Over Sam Howe. From North Carolina, yeah, Sam I don't Howell love Pickett either, up, but yeah, Sam Howell put up the same numbers his freshman year that Kenny Pickett just put up this past year in his redshirt season. I, I mean, I, I don't understand what the love fest is with Pickett. I don't get it. How's the? I mean, how is the better quarterback? And I like Malik Willis too. I think he has a lot of upside. I just worry about the competition level that he that he had. Being at at at, at um, I believe it was Liberty, right? Liberty, yep. Who just became that, a Division a, One school like five years ago? <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like this draft, this seems to happen already. I'm so sick of hearing in these mock drafts and talking about it and hearing different. It's going to happen tomorrow, Josh. Well, it should have happened last week. No, that's what I, it should have happened. Listen, you're, you're, th- this this is the way the NFL likes to do things. They like to push it off and and make sure that it. Every single with, with everything. As soon as the season ends, then they have obviously free agency. Then they have the combine, and then they have obviously the draft, and then OTA start, and then that's that's when uh, everybody starts to show up to mandatory meetings and all that other stuff, and then the preseason starts. This is what always happens. This is the way football works. It's an well, all I will year. Say this really- it's all year round. That's what the NFL likes to do. That's they're trying to bring in money, television deals. I, I, that's what they're doing. I will tell you this: if, if Linda. Bomb falls to the second round, by the way. He's not. If he falls, no, I'm, I'm, if he does, do not be surprised, or even late in the first, if the Jets try to trade back into the first or they trade up to get in that second round to get him. Well, I, I, 100% they will. They will I'm t- I, I cannot 
watch Connor McGovern play again this year. I can't do it. I will be upset. The guy is abysmal. I will be upset as a Jet fan. I will be upset as good as Iquano is supposedly supposed to be as a prospect. I will be upset that you give up and you trade. I mean, I'm sorry, not trade. You you bring in another offensive lineman. You draft another offensive lineman at four. So you're you, saying two offensive linemen in one round, you'd be pissed off. No, I agree. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I will be very upset if Makai Beckham is completely passed off because you decided, you know, you're giving up on him. After you drafted him two years, he was one of the best tackles in the league his rookie season, and because he got hurt and because he was a little bit overweight before, and he had that knee injury, you're going to give up on a 23-year-old tackle. It, it doesn't make any sense. So, so, can I give just two reasons why they possibly could be doing it? And this is just me playing devil's advocate. That's I like Makai, too. One could be that when the voluntary workout, and yes, it's voluntary, it is, but let's call it like it is. He needs to get back in the good graces of the of the of the of the of the coaching staff. He is deciding not to show up. He he's going to do his own wife thing. is pregnant and she's due. That's no, why. That's fine. That's why. And that's fine. And that's fine. You would do the same but thing. He needs to come out and he needs to come out and explain that then as to why instead of just going on Twitter and showing videos. I think that's the right thing. Number two, maybe he's just not a scheme fit. Maybe he's just not a scheme fit in this team. You cannot trade. How do you tell on one game, though? Yes, you can't tell. Well, it's not, no, it's one not about game. one game, Speedy. It was all you heard it in the preseason and during the and during the. He wasn't healthy. They were not happy with he, him. He wasn't healthy in the preseason. He yeah, wasn't. Right. He was only. He was. Yeah, he was. He was overweight and he was hurt. Uh, that's not why but he wasn't. First of all, him too, isn't it? First of all, Josh, if you remember what we before the preseason started, he came into camp and everybody said he was much lighter. He looked like he lost a lot of weight. Now Listen, all of a sudden, I hope he's good, man. I hope he is. I do. But I think I think what's going to happen if they if if they obviously draft uh, Iquano, if they draft him, I, if I was a Jet fan, I would be upset. Because oh, absolutely. Now, now, I, I can't go down an offensive line road again. I can't. It's enough is enough already. Two years ago, you draft Mackay back, them, and you think that you solidify your left tackle position for the next 10 years, and now all of a sudden you're going back in line, and you're saying, you know what? He wasn't the right guy. We're going to go and draft another one. And That, that draft would be an unmitigated disaster, trading Mackay. Unless they get a first-round draft draft would be a disaster. The only guy that would last out of that draft would be Bryce Hall and Brandon Mann. Out of that whole draft. Well, if they because Denzel if, Mims, I don't even know what he is anymore. If they think Quanu is the guy, and and they can get a first round draft pick for Makai Beckham, and they just completely give up on him. Now, I don't know if they're going to completely give up on him, and I don't know if Hutchins, Aiden Hutchinson, sitting there at four, you're going to give up on Makai Beckham right. because you get your pass rusher, which you've been looking for, and some people say is a superstar. So, uh, it, a lot of people thought he was the predominant number one pick. Now, all now of what a sudden, do they do at 10, then? That's the question. A wide receiver. Is, or best player available. Okay, but yeah. which, now, which one if they go wide receiver? I think Jamison's the best scheme fit, but with his injury, it's kind of risky. I oh, probably 100%. would be Garrett Wilson, uh, most likely. I mean, everybody talks about his speed and everything like that. And listen, Jamison Williams, if he doesn't get hurt, he's, he's going top five in this draft. Easily. <sighs> the, the, the problem is everybody constantly is talking about his speed the last month. Dude had an ACL injury. Right. Now, technology is obviously different today, and surgeries are much more different, and rehab is is, is a much more – I mean, he's, they're saying he's way ahead of schedule, but if the Jets were to draft Jamison Williams, can you as a Jet fan be patient 
where he's going to miss training camp. He's going to miss all the practices. He's going to be behind in, in the playbook. And he's not going to come back till November, December. I don't think it matters because the Jets aren't winning anything this year. They they might no, win seven course, or eight but games. It's still just a matter of you're taking a big chance, Errol, at ten with this guy. You, you I mean, you don't know how he's going to come back from from this injury. You have, I mean, nobody knows. And listen, that's I, the scary I, thing. I, that's why I think maybe Wilson might be the safer pick then. I I don't know what the Jets are going to do. Okay, <laughs> I don't think anybody knows what anybody's going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. If all. I, if, if I could predict the Jets trade out of the fourth pick. But if Aiden Hutchinson is sitting there at four, I cannot see. Because I don't think Joe, Joe Douglas ever thought that Aiden Hutch, Hutchinson would be sitting yeah, there at four. Of course not. If the Jets could trade out of the tenth pick, that would be the ideal thing. Stock up on next year's draft, which is better. Go that route. But, again, as many picks as you can and John, Daigle, John Daigle said that the only way the Jets don't draft Equanu uh, or um, Sauce at four is if Aiden Hutchinson is sitting there or Walker is sitting there at four. That's the only way the Jets do not – they're not trading – I mean, they're not drafting uh, Kavon Thibodeau. They're not. Everything that I've read, the Jets are definitely not drafting Kavon Thibodeau. Now, what if they went this round? It might not be popular. What if they drafted Sauce at four? And Jermaine Johnson is there at 10. Okay. I think that's a scenario that Douglas looked at, too. And yeah. That's it, what I'm saying. I feel like that would be the perfect scenario then for Douglas. Because Daigle was also I saying that Jermaine he liked Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, man. too. I love Jermaine Johnson. I know he's 23 years old, but my God, that, that dude gets off the line of scrimmage as good as any of these guys. The and thing he's is, so mature. Yes, he's twenty three, but who cares if he's twenty three, man? If he's mature, he's a leader. Do you think? Do, like that, do you really play, think that if Aiden Hutchinson sitting there at four, the Jets don't draft him? Oh no, no, no! Listen, I, if Hutch, I'm, this is just if Hutchinson I'm just is saying. Not there. I, I'm I just, just saying. Do not see Detroit passing on him. I think this whole Austin is nuts. Well, I can't I, see it. There's I, no way. He's a hometown kid. He went to Michigan. There's no way. I I do look at Thibodeau being that he's the superstar athlete in this year's draft. He's the face of this year's draft. He's getting all those endorsements already. He's making his own headphones already. I mean, mean, seriously, this guy is going to be all over this draft. I mean, he was— Does Hutchinson in the playoff game scare you against Georgia? No. No. Everyone played bad in that game. No. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying, though. Hutchinson had a great year this year. No, he had an amazing year. I watched—listen, I'm a Wisconsin fan. I watch every Big Ten a lot of people, game. A lot of people compare his skills to J.J. Watt's. Now, I, I'm not a J.J. Watt fan. Oh, Dave, I was just going to say, you know. <laughs> I'm, not a JJ JJ Watt. Watt. I'm not a J.J. Watt. I'm not a J.J. Watt fan because J.J. Watt always lived and feasted off a of bad team. Fat patter. <laughs> That's what he did. And, and Aiden Hutchinson. Leave J.J. Watt alone. He's a nice man. You leave him alone. <laughs> A.J. <laughs> I'm sorry, JJ, he's done that for years. And now you have Aiden, who a lot of people said this year when he played bad teams, he was dominant. And when he played, there was one or two games where he played against dominant teams. Where it was Ohio State. Ohio State, against Ohio State. Against a very good offensive line. So uh, if Aiden Hutchinson could do that in the NFL, he's going to be a fantastic athlete. And he'll be a great addition to the New York Jets. But knowing the New York Jets, they bring in Aiden Hutchinson, and he completely becomes a bust. So I don't want to see that, but I cannot see the Jets if Aiden Hutchinson's sitting there at four where the Jets just say no. I, I just can't see it. Carl says Jets Before have the worst I go draft. Before you guys continue, oh, yeah. Speedy, Speedy, what are the Giants doing on the draft this year? It seems what like. your dream scenario? Because, you know, they oh, love dr- the Kadarius Tony pick. <laughs> no, my dream scenario is. 
Thibodeau falls to the Giants at five. They take him. Well, that's not happening. So I don't think on. it is either, but <laughs> I, you, you asked dream scenario, Josh. And then I, they, know, I know that, but you have to be realistic a little bit, Speedy. Come on. You just said dream scenario. If you want my realistic scenario, I think. I know, cr- but your dream could be a little bit realistic. I mean, I, come on. Okay. Pick dream scenario realistic. I'll tell you both. Of them. Just spit it out. Kayvon Thibodeau and then, and then Cross at seven if he's still there. Carolina botches the draft. Ooh, you like Charles Cross, huh? I. He's the third the tackle. Giants, the Giants, but they love need him. it. They, the Giants need it all. All the offensive line they can get. The Giants love him. Even if Aquanu is sitting there at five, the, I, I believe they they draft Cross. Realistically, He's what I think will happen is Cross. Protection. His run protection is a little iffy, but his pass protection is supposed to be very good. I, yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Giants draft Cross at five and at seven uh, because if they do trade Kadarius Tony, which could possibly happen, I think they draft a wide no. receiver. I think they'll end can up drafting imagine? a corner, whatever corner's there. If it's not Stingley, it'll be. Got sauce at there in that spot. There are stories that they're trying to ship and, and trade Kadarius Tony. That he, he's I not a scheme fit. Right. He's not a scheme fit. So uh, I've heard that the Patriots have been, reached out to them. They're interested. I also heard San Francisco has reached out to them mm-hmm. that they're interested. And also, believe it or not, which is crazy, I heard Miami was another team that reached out. <laughs> he's that gadget Why? type of player. I mean, for the San Francisco offense, that's what they like. And so I, that doesn't well, surprise get, me one bit. If they get Tony, right, it kind of simmers down then if they trade Devo, doesn't it? Like, it would kind of simmer it down a little bit and keep the fans still into it because of the matter of uh, the, the, they're the not only trading problem, Devo. like I said, I'm going to go, i got to go soon. But the, the, the problem with Devo is if you are going to trade for him, you have to discuss two things, obviously. One is the contract. Right. And two... He said he doesn't want to be used as a hybrid anymore. Does not want that. So you need to sit down with him and talk to him about this because let's call it like it is in the Jets system with LaFleur, he's going to be used as a, hy- as right. a hybrid. That's just <laughs> what it is. And, and if he's not used as a hybrid, then he's just another receiver in my eyes. That's the thing. He's so dynamic as a dual threat running back slash wide receiver. It's what he is. Right. He, but he, he needs to, if he's in this Jets system, that's the way he needs to be utilized. You, you, I can't just have him as the insides or the, if they want. I mean, he's, what is he six feet anyway? Yeah. So yeah, I he's mean, he's six two. He's, he's got good I'm size. Saying, yeah. You know, like I mean, it's a matter of if he's refusing to be the hybrid guy, I can't trade for him then. Yeah, and also that Debo has to realize that's going to take off money off his contract. If he wants twenty five million dollars a year as a pure I mean, wide receiver, that's coming, I, that's I get where he's coming from though, guys, because he doesn't want to be hit so much. Like I completely understand it. I get it. He wants to be used as a straight receiver because as a running back, let's be real here. Your 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 career is shortened in the NFL, and you're getting hit more. The problem is with him is he's so dynamic as both that <laughs> I mean I think it would just behoove him kind of to just come out like this and say, nope, I don't want to be used as that. Because then at that point is what team is then going to want to trade for him then? If you're only left to use him as a wide receiver, I don't think he's getting traded. Half of his skill, his skill right. set. I don't think he's getting traded. I, I know a lot of people keep saying that Debo Samuels is going to get traded. I don't think he's going to. Well, he ain't going to show up to the 49ers training camp. That's then, fine. I, I think they'll extend him. I think they'll give him the 25 million. I think they'll give him a three or four year, four oh, year. Oh, they could give contract. him the money. Yeah. They, they could give him the money. He just doesn't want to be there anymore. Playing, he just well, doesn't want to be there. Well, he doesn't want to be there anymore because he wants to move closer to South Carolina, where his family's at. His, his yeah, could go to the Carolina. 
Carolina Panthers. His fiance or right. his fiance or wife right now is pregnant with his first baby. So I, I don't know what it is, but I think he wants to move out east. That's the only reason why. It has nothing to do with the scheme or San Francisco. I think it has everything to do with moving closer to home to his family. That's why I think – what are you laughing and giggling about? Why do you giggle so much? I wasn't giggling. You always do. you got a smile on your face, and you're giggling all the time. <laughs> well, 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 listen, like I said, I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. Yes. I appreciate you guys having me on. Speedy, we're going to talk about this on Friday. We'll recap the draft and, and all that stuff and everything on Friday because, I, like I said, I ain't doing past 15 minutes of wrestling. That's totally not happening. So, <laughs> Carl, you said, know. Carl says uh, you should do a, one hour of old school wrestling instead. <laughs> oh, my God. If we do that, then Carl has to come on Zoom with us then. I mean, or whatever it is we use stream. All right, Carl. He's gotta come on all right, again. Carl. He's you got to, your invite if you ever he, want to join off do, the bat. Uh, he's got to do – I'm going to get Carl five matches, and he has to sit through it. And he's got to give me a, a, a move set, move for move on why he liked the match. And he's got to give me five matches from the past of why he liked it. All right. Thank you, Josh. Okay. Later, <laughs> gentlemen. Thank you so much, as always. Appreciate it. Enjoy Keep the listening. draft tomorrow. Errol, don't pull your hair out when the Jets draft. Icky, speedy. Uh, enjoy whatever you're doing and shave your balls. All right? <laughs> be good, everybody. That would be a good idea for him. Not going to happen. <laughs> Oh, man. You and your giggling, too. I, I don't know why you giggle half the time. You're sitting there with, out in front of a mic. <laughs> Carl says, I only, uh, I'm only coming on if they get me the shirt. Yes, Alex, that would be you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, getting back to before we have our mock draft, and uh, tonight's show is mainly the mock draft. We, I wanted to get into the whole Mets thing. The Yankees are up 5-2 to two right now in the eighth inning. It looks like they're going to win another game. Uh, Two men out. Gallo's up. He hit a home run in this game. Man on first and second. I expect the Yankees to win this game. And uh, this will be their fourth game in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. John Carlos Stanton also hit a two-run home run in the first inning. He's 410-foot bomb. Yeah, 350 home runs now for his career. He's the seventh fastest in Major League history. Not surprising at all. Anyways, uh, to, to get back to what's going on right now, I mean, Darren Waller has been um, – Brought up in trade talks with the Green Bay Packers. The problem with this move, which doesn't make any sense, is Aaron Rodgers doesn't really throw to tight ends. Over his, I would say, 10 to 12-year dominance, he, he, and he's had some guy, good, good tight ends in, uh, in the league. Right. He had Finley, who was probably the, the most thrown tight end he's ever thrown to. Jimmy Graham, who was one of the best tight ends in the league, uh, obviously came from Seattle. He wasn't the same player as he was when he was playing for the Saints. Right. But he's still a predominantly good offensive target as a tight end. And he didn't catch as many balls as you would think that he would have caught uh, playing with Aaron Rodgers. Even Jared Cook's a solid tight end, too. He's probably above average, and he only lasted one year there. He had that big catch in the playoffs against Dallas, but it wasn't really the big type of thing. Yeah, that was the that was the biggest thing. And for the Raiders, the other way around, too. That was The fit doesn't make sense either way. Why would a Josh McDaniels offense that utilizes two tight ends a lot want to trade Darren Waller? It makes no sense to me, unless they love something back or from Moreau, something like that. Maybe they love Tunyon and they want Tunyon back in the deal, would be my guess. I have no idea. Well, Darren Aaron Waller is a pretty good blocker. He's not a great blocker, but he's a right. pretty good blocker. He's got a lot of speed off the line. Uh, you can use him as, uh, I guess you can say, wide receiver slash tight end. Mm-hmm. He's pretty fast. Uh, I just, I don't know what the 
the Green Bay Packers are going to have to trade to get him. You're probably going to have to give up a first round draft pick for him. I mean, this is you're talking about the a top three, top four tight end in all of football. He's still to me an elite tight end, and he's still fairly young. He's 28 years old. Yeah, he's 29 years old. He's he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body because he, uh, he broke out so late because he had all those issues with the Ravens, all the drug problems that kept him from really getting going in the NFL. So he had some injury issues last year, but that's really been it so far. Now his age and the position could still warrant more, but right now, yeah, he hasn't been injured a lot. So definitely a value you can take advantage of. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen just because Aaron Rodgers doesn't use the tight ends, unless Matt LaFleur is going to force that kind of thing. But we've seen when Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers like don't get along, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for the team offense either. Matt so. LaFleur is going to do everything he can to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Yeah. Because that was why Aaron signed that contract. That's why he took the $50 million. And the $50 million sounds like a good round-off number. I mean, anybody that makes $50 million a year, I'd be pretty happy to <laughs> yeah, stay right. there as well. But right. um, I think the whole point was when they sat down at the end of the season, him and Matt LaFleur realize that Matt LaFleur needs Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't need Matt LaFleur. He could go wherever he wants and be very successful wherever he goes. So I, I, this whole Darren Waller thing, I don't know why would why would Vegas want to trade Darren Waller. I, I mean, I don't get it. With, with the weapons that they have now with Jacobs and Adams and now Waller and then uh, who's the other Renfro, kid? Yeah. Renfro, who had a fantastic year last year, is like a Julian Edelman type of a player. I mean, you have a prolific offense that where you know Derek Carr is going to be able to pick you apart in the open field. So why would you trade away one of the best pieces that you can have in an offense? So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously it's a rumor, so maybe there is some truth to it. Maybe they are shopping. The only thing I can think of is maybe they love Tanyan and want Tanyan back in the deal, and he's younger, but he's only two years younger. It doesn't really that make that much sense, and he also is coming off a bad injury too. Josh McDaniels uses the two tight ends. I don't think he did a really de-evolved from the Patriots' offense that much, the offensive scheme. Now, he's not going to do all the duplicate same things, I would imagine, but you have to have some kind of level of tight ends. The Raiders, yes, they trade for Devontae Adams, so maybe they want to utilize him with more targets, but it's different players that cover corners, uh, receivers, and tight ends, so it doesn't make a lot of sense why you would want that. I get it if you want to maybe deal another receiver because they got Devontae Adams, maybe make the money work to get other positions, but Darren Waller presents a whole different type of matchup advantage, not to mention, like you were saying, he's a solid blocker, is going to help out Jacobs, is going to help out the pass-catching running backs that they love in that offense, Kenyon Drake, and uh, Jalen Rashard are still there. They could strive in that kind of role, too. Why would you not want to have a Darren Waller blocking down the field for that, too? It just doesn't make any sense, and if I was... The Las Vegas Raiders, I wouldn't make this move. I I, I position myself right now in a division that's so stacked where I I need that high-profile offense against that Charger team. Uh, Even against Kansas City, really, in the second half, played very, very well defensively. Now... I they are going to probably they did lose obviously one of their best defensive players in the um, the Honey Badger. He's out. He's probably. I mean, there are stories that he's going. He could go to the Rams. I mean, there's so many back and forth banter on where's. Remember, the Honey Badger hasn't gone anywhere yet, nope. so he's still a free agent. After the draft is where we see a lot of these players, these free agents that are still available, start to land in their certain in certain spots. And the Honey Badger already said that he would have taken uh, the same amount as what they paid Reed uh, at the end of the season. Right. He wanted to go back to Kansas City. He did not want to leave Kansas City, but 
uh, I guess the Kansas City Chiefs gave up on him and didn't think that he was going to sign that extension to the amount that they gave Reed. So it, it doesn't make any sense. But I think I really believe the Honey Badger is going to the Rams. By the way, we have uh, Brian Snow on the phone. Brian, what's going on, bud? How are you guys? How you Good feeling? How you feeling? You. A little exhausted, but I'm feeling a lot better. Hmm. Okay. I heard you. You got. You just went home a couple weeks ago, or last week was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to go. I had to go back because of some uh, complications. But hmm. I'm, I came home yesterday, and I'm feeling a lot better. That's great. Good. That's good to hear. Tired. I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. What would you like to talk about, Bud? Do you really think Honey Badger's headed to the Rams? Uh, everything that I've heard and all the rumors that have been coming out from all the different writers throughout the uh, NFL networks, and even some mm-hmm. of the guys that we've had on this show, they absolutely believe that the Honey Badger is waiting till the draft is over, and then right. eventually he will sign with the Rams. I do not believe Odell Beckham is going back to the Rams. Yeah, I, I have heard that the Green Bay Packers are the lead team to get him. Also, I've heard, it's crazy to say this, I've heard Seattle's name get brought up as well. I don't know why. Yeah. Recently, I, I heard why. that. They were recruiting him like six years ago when when Richard Sherman was there. Maybe they're right. he's not even there anymore. Maybe they're thinking really that they're going to trade DK Metcalf yeah. and bring Odell Beckham. I don't know, but there was something I heard within the last 24 hours that uh, Seattle's come into the mix where Odell Beckham might sign with them. So. Uh, it's so yeah. much stuff going on, and there's so many good players still available right now in free agency. And, and it's crazy that with the draft being upon us that so many free agents are available, and it's like you said, Errol, they're waiting until they make their decisions in the draft to make their decisions on where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at this year's draft, and we had John Daigle on, and he said this is – this is not one of those spectacular drafts where there are players that really stand out in this year's draft, and right. they're saying that next year's draft is so much better than it is this year. How do you know that? Honestly, because we've heard this before. We've heard that, oh, this draft mm-hmm. is weak, and then we see like six Hall of Famers get drafted in that draft. So exactly. there's no guarantees that this draft is weak. Now, as far as the quarterback position, yeah, there's no – Big name quarterbacks in this year's draft. There's no standout at quarterback in this draft. And is that why they're saying that this is a weak draft? I I don't know, but there's a there's plenty of good defensive players in this year's draft. There's Mm -hmm. plenty of good offensive linemen in this year's draft, and and also there are plenty at least six or seven good wide receivers that could be absolute you know great wide receivers in the NFL. So I, I have no idea why they're saying this is such a weak draft. Well, I think it's going to be – well, one of the positions I'm looking at is offensive linemen to see how many go uh, in the draft and, and where they go and how they pan out. It's a position I've watched for I've watched for a while. So I want to see if there are any, like, diamonds in the rough, you know, on the offensive line and uh, see who who's able to discover them and cultivate them. There's a lot of small school offensive linemen, too, that could be those types of gems. Oh, yeah. John Daigle yesterday oh, was talking yeah. about Tyler Smith from Tulsa as a guy that could be like that. Obviously, Trevor Penning got a lot of hype after the combine, and he's probably going to be a mid-first-round pick now. So mm-hmm. more than you ever see before, you're going to get a lot of those gems just because of that, too, just the way the, the small schools have been able to flourish more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, gonna, it, it's a trend that's going to continue, especially when you look at 
um, offense. When you look at offensive linemen, when you look at fullbacks or running backs, all of the all of the smaller schools, the mid majors as they're called, right. you know, will have a lot more. Will have a lot more of the gems, you know, coming out. And you you want to know something when you look at where this draft is and where this draft is going to go, especially in the first day of the draft, which is tomorrow. There, right. there could be a lot of trades, a lot of teams trading from one spot to another. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been hearing some rumors that the Jets might trade out at 10. I've heard the Bengals are very interested to move up to 10 to get mm-hmm. their offensive line help that they really want in this year's draft. I also heard uh, that there are quite a few teams that want one of those star cornerbacks uh, in the in the top 10. Obviously, yeah. Sauce Gardner there, Stingley. I, now there are stories coming out that the Texans really, really love Stingley. And I've been telling everybody this. I heard what Jamar Chase said the other day. He said that Derek Stingley, when healthy, is by far the best corner in this year's draft. It's not even mm-hmm. an argument. And, and I know Sauce Gardner, I mean, he played for Cincinnati, and he didn't give up any time. I think he gave up. I don't even think he gave no up touchdowns, touchdowns. Only one twenty-yard no. p- pass in the last two years. And, I, and you look right. at the number, and, and the numbers are stagnant. And, and, and you say, "Wow, this guy is unbelievable. He's the next Jalen Ramsey. He's next Darrell Revis. He's the next Peterson." And they're saying, "Wow, this guy should be going in front of Stingley." Stingley in his rookie season was absolutely. I remember last year who Jeff loves the draft, and he he picks out players. He said Stingley was going to be the best player in the two thousand twenty-two draft by far. I think right. he also said, too, like at the beginning of the college football season or middle of the season, like in the offseason, Stingley and Thibodeau were like the two best players by far, and then it was everybody else. And now he's like down on mm-hmm. both of them. It's weird. Well, but, but that's because of the injuries. I yeah, mean, the pec right. injury from Thibodeau and then obviously Stingley, who uh, with the leg injury that he had. And I think everything that we've heard, Stingley is 100% healthy, and, and the Texans absolutely love him. They went over there to his pro day. Uh, they're mm-hmm. speaking very highly of him. I really believe, and I, I'll listen to John Daigle. I, I think it's Walker, Thibodeau, and uh, Stingley, and everybody else. I, if Aiden Hutchinson, yeah. the question is, what do the Jets do at four? If Aiden Hutchinson's there, when they have, I, I heard the Jets really like Aquano, and, and I've heard that they really like Sauce Gardner. Do the Jets trade? Do the Jets trade out of that pick and still get one of those two or three players if they move down two spots, maybe with the Carolina Panthers? Mm-hmm. And, and But I don't know what the Carolina Panthers are going to trade in the second round. The Jets have their second round pick and fourth yeah. round draft pick. Right. So right. I don't know. Maybe but they get their they, third. But if Hutch is available <laughs> at four, but if Hutch is available at four, do you take him? I think you have to. You have to. Yeah, I I would think so. If if Hutchinson is available at four, I think you take him. Because if if they don't take him, you know the Giants will. Oh, so yeah. I, yep. I I don't think the Giants are going to pass up on a pass rusher that could be that good. And mm-hmm. uh, and and a lot of people thought was predominantly going into after the offseason. I mean, after the the championship, everybody was saying Aiden Hutchinson is going one. There's no question he's going one. And now yeah, all of a sudden, and now all of a sudden, you're hearing that he's fallen down maybe to three or four spots, yeah. which mm-hmm. is crazy to say when this guy was pretty much the most dominant defensive lineman in this year's college 
you know, college year. So and it's exactly what Josh was saying earlier. The, the three, the coach, the owner, and the GM can't get along on who they want to draft at number one. The right. GM wants Trayvon Walker. Shad Khan wants Aiden Hutchinson, and then Doug Peterson wants Aquano. So they don't even, they can't even agree on anything like that. And that's, that's why going to be, yeah. and that's a comedy show in and of itself Absolutely. because you don't know which way they're going to lean. I think you know if they're not in sync, and we're a night ahead of the draft. If they're not in sync now. What makes you think they're going to be in sync tomorrow night? I think they're going to follow the GM. And I, I everything that I've heard from some of the experts that I've read, they, they're going to draft Walker. And I think Walker is going to go on. And I think because of who Thibodeau is, and he's, mm-hmm. he's the face of this year's draft, everybody thinks he's still the more, more dominant athlete in this year's draft. Right. I, I believe that I can't see the Lions passing up on this guy. I, I really don't. I, I I think he's the perfect guy that would fit over there in Detroit. Uh, I mean, remember Adamic and Sue? Remember mm-hmm. that? I remember him well. Yeah, so remember I, him well. He was the face of that year year's draft, and he wasn't. Uh, he was the everybody thought was the predominant face of uh, the defensive tackle uh, mm-hmm. in that draft, and everybody says blah 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 blah. He's mean. He's this. He's that. They say the same thing about Kevon Thibodeau. He's an athletic freak. He could do everything right. He has one of the best steps they've ever seen. And and being that he already has all these endorsements and he comes from a very poor family, uh, mm-hmm. it's a perfect fit over there for Detroit and the Lions. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevon Thibodeau goes two and Stingley goes three. And then there's a there's a really an interesting thought and process where the Jets go at number four. Is it a Kiwano? Yeah. Is it a Kwanu? Is it uh, Gardner? Or is Swash Gardner? Or is it... Aiden Hutchinson at four. Well, if I, I, I'll stick with my I'll stick with my gut of if Hutch is available at four, you take him. You I, take yeah, him. I would think you so take too. The, you take the chance. Well, let me get out of here. I just wanted to check in with Ryan, you guys. Thank you, bud. Oh man, I love I love you guys so much. I'll be back on the mic very soon. We I, can't I wait, man. And we'll get you on, man. Thank you. Thank you much. Have a good one, Brian. Brian Snow from Snowman in the Morning. Uh, he obviously is get, he had chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. He had surgery uh, to take the cancer out of his body. Uh, I, I mean, and this guy is still standing on his two feet. It's, it's yeah. an amazing story. We wish nothing but the best to Brian Snow and his family, his lovely wife, and uh, his children. And he's a grandfather, too. So. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so uh, very nice to hear that Brian Snow is back home and hopefully – going to be ready to get back to what he is great at on the mic. Mm -hmm. Uh, In just a few minutes, we're going to have our mock draft. We'll have CJ Desimone, Kevin Jackson, Jeff from Tampa, the big mouth, New Yorking, hating lunatic. And Cowboys hating. And Carl. Is he joining us? I haven't heard from Carl yet. We'll Carl, see. you're not joining us? What's we'll going s- on, we'll man? See. We'll, we'll see. I have the, all the links are sent. We'll, we'll see if Carl comes in. I haven't heard from him directly yet, though. So, hopefully Carl comes in, though. So um, hopefully we'll have Carl. We, we had him a couple of years ago. I, we did we had him, him, we had him last year. That was, the whole, that was the whole thing last year when he started making fun of Mark because he didn't know who Quiddy Pay was. Yes. That's how that whole thing started. I remember that that yep <laughs> gotta support your michigan guys carl carl you gotta fit you have to tell us where aiden hutchinson's gonna go <laughs> yes so we're i don't know everybody has been waiting for us on our mock draft last year me and jeff were again very very uh neck and neck when it came to our first top 10 picks i think we had more than eight right in the first round i i really do believe we had more than that but i i don't have the the 
the list in front of my face, but uh, me and Jeff were dead on, and I, I, I like what John Daigle said yesterday. I, I'm going to probably go with uh, his first four picks. I do believe Hutchinson could be there at four for the Jets. I just don't know if the Jets are going to draft him at right. four if he's sitting there, which will be a shocker, and I know a lot of Jet fans are going to have a heart attack if, if they pass up on Aiden Hutchinson because – uh, again, if Aiden Hutchinson's sitting there at five, I am not, I'm going to tell you this right now. The Giants will not pass up on it. No, I can't imagine the Giants especially. Um, oh, Carl says he will not be able to ch- – he'll chime in on comments but won't be able to get on, he says. It's fine. All right. Yeah, so I can't imagine the Giants definitely not passing up on him just because he – Joe Shane comes from a Buffalo regime where in – their time drafting with this new core, they tend to go for best player available a lot. Whether they need the position or not, and the Giants obviously need everything, so any positional need they fill is going to be a bonus for them. So I definitely can't imagine the Giants passing on Hutchinson, and then they'll go offensive line at seven, whether it's Cross, whether it's maybe Evan Neal, like John was saying yesterday, maybe Evan Neal slides and he gets drafted by the Giants If Hutchinson is drafted by the Jets, I, I think Cross goes five. I do too. That's yeah. where I think the Giants go, because everything I've heard with the Giants, they've went to his pro day. They actually had him for an extra practice uh, and brought him in to work him out on as the right tackle and the left tackle because uh, the way Thomas played this year, I think they're going to keep him at the left tackle until yes. he loses that position. Now, yeah. if he starts the season very weak, or let's say at pre, you know, obviously through the preseason or even OTAs, uh, Cross, if they draft Cross, Cross outplays him. Then they'll move Thomas to the right tackle position and move Cross to the left tackle position. So I think they're trying to obviously build around their quarterback, and, and I think that's very, very smart. I, I still believe that the Jets might do that too, and even if Aiden Hutchinson is sitting there at four, that's what scares me. Having a player of that magnitude sitting there at four – for the Jets to pass up on him, Joe Douglas ha- absolutely has to be 100% right on Iquanu, 100% right on um, Sauce Gardner, too, if, he, if that's where he is going. Because so, to, to pass up on Aiden Hutchinson at four would be a catastrophe if this kid becomes a, a, a tackle machine, a, a sack machine in the NFL, where if he goes to the Giants... <laughs> And he's averaging 15 to 16 sacks a year and becomes a super superstar. Uh, Jet fans are not going to like that, no. knowing that he, they're playing in the same stadium but on different sides. It, it doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't be happy as a Jet fan either because we've been really um, like salivating begging. for a pass no, rusher. No, begging, <laughs> begging this team to find a pass rusher. And, and as much as we love what Carl Lawson what it was supposed to be this year, he barely he didn't even play this year. He didn't he didn't come in. He didn't even play a preseason snap. Right. Not only that, you're talking about a position in pass rusher that is a premier position for depth too. Like it doesn't hurt to have three pass rushers just because Carl Lawson is there. Just because certain other guys overperform for stretches in the first half of the season. That does not mean you should pass on a talent like Hutchinson if he does end up falling. By the way, Carl, everything that we've heard, uh, and usually you hear this within 24 hours, the stories coming out is they are that the Jaguars are going with Walker. Mm-hmm. That's what everything that's come out. Uh, we've heard Adam Scheffner say that. We've, we've heard Ian Rappaport say that. Two guys, two very known guys have come out and said that that's where the Jaguars are swinging to. They're, they're swinging towards Walker, which means – uh, it really depends on where the Lions are going. Do they want the star face of their franchise in Kevon Thibodeau to, to be the guy that is the future to that uh, that defensive line? Or do they want to go with Aiden Hutchinson? 
I like Aiden. I, I think Aiden's a great player. I, I think he's a special player. But there's something that tells me Kevon Thibodeau is, is destined to be a star in this league. And if and I and I do and I know Josh makes a joke and all this other stuff. I don't think the Texans are going to draft him. And and I I've everything that I've heard about the Jets, the Jets are not drafting Kevon Thibodeau. Right. Which means the Giants are going to get him. The Giants are going to be sitting on Kevon Thibodeau. Could you imagine that the Giants get Kevon Thibodeau and then uh, at, at seven they get Cross, which would be ridiculous. They get the two players they absolutely needed at their positions. They could obviously get, if they really want a Quanu, who a lot of people think is the best tackle in this year's draft, they could get Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, not a, a Kavon Thibodeau Kavon Thibodeau, yeah. at five, and then get Kavano, uh, or whatever his name is, Iquano at number seven. Mm-hmm. Because the Panthers have also have been interested, I think, in cross over Aquano too, from what I've heard too. So if Aquano falls past everybody, because Houston's going defense, I think no matter what, from what it seems like, they had some interest in pass rushers, and I think they also said if the Jaguars don't take Trayvon Walker, they might even consider that too, if they don't go with the corner. But the Texans are definitely going defense. Detroit's definitely going defense, from what we've heard. So the wild cards here are the Jaguars, because yeah, there's three different scenarios for them of what they want. The Jets, because yes, they don't need the offense. Of line, but Joe Douglas has still been pushing that he's they end, might still end up might end going in that direction too. And Carolina is just a giant wild card because they could trade. They've said heard they've said they could trade back. They've said they they might even consider drafting a pass rusher. They could trade trade that pick for something else. From what we've heard, so there's a lot of they've drafted very weird in recent years too, and drafted a lot of defense. So it, they need the offense, but are they going to go in that direction is another question because the Giants are it seems like they're going to go with best player available if it's the corner. Maybe it is Gardner at seven, or if it's one of those pass rushers that do end up sliding, which looks more and more likely, especially if the Jets don't like Thibodeau, which is weird because last week it seemed like they were in on it, and now all of a sudden they're not. Everything that I've read so far is that the Jets, in the last 24 hours, they're more interested in Jermaine Johnson. That's what I've heard, that if Gardner isn't the guy and Iquanu is not the guy that they— and I've heard that Joe Douglas loves Iquanu, loves him. Absolutely loves him, but he also likes Sauce Gardner because he could be a, a game changer when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, especially in your secondary. You, you have Bryce Hall on one side, but here's the problem. Why would they draft Sauce Gardner after they spent all that money on a corner that they brought in from Seattle, who is supposed to be your number one guy? Yeah. And then you have Bryce Hall, who had a fantastic year last year, even if he's your second guy. Where are you going to put Sauce Garner in your slot? I mean, he's too good. Well, they might, the Reed can play slot too, so they can maneuver him around. He also plays safety, so I, I don't, you don't spend that kind of money to put Reed in the slot. They might just considering the scheme. And they also have a very good slot player in Carter, which they drafted last year. Yeah. Who was fantastic. That's why I don't think they would do it at four. They might consider doing it at 10 if one of them slides. But I think at four, definitely they have to go pass rush if it's there. Especially if this slide is bound to happen. Because not only the Jaguars. Let's say the Jaguars take a Quanu. Let's say the Doug Peterson gets his wish. Houston could take Trayvon Walker too. And then all of a sudden you're still left with one of those pass rushers. And you could get a corner. All right. The Giants take a corner. They take, they take Sauce Gardner let's say, for example, because they've had interest in him, especially if they do trade Bradbury. Atlanta and Seattle, they're wild cards. They could do anything. They've also considered trading back as well. And you might have somebody left at that point to make that kind of thing work, where the, the Jets could end up with Stingley or Gardner, whichever ones the Giants don't take, if this, that scenario plays itself. So I, it just doesn't make sense for them to pass up on a pass roster like that. 
it, it's so interesting when we can go we can go back and forth on where some of these guys going uh, that could go and where they should go. But what's going to be interesting moving forward tomorrow night is is there going to be trades? Are people going to be trading out of the position? Evan Neal, uh, everything that I've heard, he's got knee problems, and that's scaring off right. the top five draft you know, the draft picks, where a lot of people don't think he's going to go in the top five. A lot of people think that even if Evan Neal is sitting there at five, the Giants aren't going to draft him mm-hmm. because of the knee problems that everybody's been hearing. Now, I think Evan Neal is going to be a steal. If he falls all the way to eight or nine, yep. I mean, you're talking about, arguably the best tackle in this year's draft, and he falls that far, somebody's going to get a steal. Somebody's going to get him. But I also think that the Giants cannot mess up sitting there at five, especially where the fans are and where this team and this organization is heading. They need to be right on this. And if if Charles Cross is the guy and they believe Charles Cross is going to change that offensive line for the better, you draft Charles Cross. Yeah, I think they were even liking Cross over Neal as well, even before that, too, because I think Aquanu was the guy they really liked after the combine, but then the more and more with the pro days, it seemed like Cross was what they were leaning after that, so it seemed like it was going to be one of those two, but now it seems like Aquanu is going to be a guaranteed top four pick from what we're hearing, whether it's Jacksonville or the Jets that seem to all of a sudden love him uh, with Joe Douglas's history with the offensive line, and and I, again, the Becton thing, it, I think they'll make it work eventually, but who knows at this rate. Players are getting these power now, and especially for a premier position like the offensive tackle, the way it could be. I just, I, I don't like it for the Jets because... I don't either. I, I don't. It's as good as Aquanu could be, and he could be a superstar tackle. He could become the best tackle in all of football. The Jets don't need a tackle right now. They have Makai Beckham. And and they have to try to figure out and try to fix that relationship up with him and his team. Because he's still 23 years old. He still has a lot of football left. I still think he could be a star tackle. He was a star tackle his rookie season. They called him the big ticket. And now all of a sudden you're going to give up on him? You heard Darrell Reeves. He reached out to um, Mackay Beckham, and he says, this has happened before, this happened to me, where everybody was giving up on me, and it took a little while, and, a, and really a respectable coach like Rex Ryan that gave me a chance to turn into the player that I was, and, and look at what Re- Darrell Revis became. So, And he says that people are going to doubt you. You don't go out there, and you don't give up, and you don't show people that it bothers you. You go on the field, and you prove yourself on the field. And I think Makai Beckham, he just needs to get healthy, he needs to get on that field, and he needs to show everybody why he's a special player. I also just think you don't, don't think you can pass up on all the pass rush talent either. Yes, offensive line is great to have a, a core of offensive linemen. Like it's one of those positions you want to have depth, you want to have a well-rounded guy. You don't just want one guy and hope that he can carry the other four. But still, even if the Jets were interested in offensive linemen, there are other options for them in the second round. There's other options for them for depth it, because they have all those extra picks. They have two second-round picks that they can make something work. You take one of the interior guys that falls. You could take one of those small school tackles that Brian was talking about too. There's other options for them. It's not your biggest need anymore, especially with the year Font had. I mean, unless there's something really serious about this Becton injury that we don't know about, then all of a sudden, that all of a sudden he can't play or he's going to have trouble. But I haven't heard it where it's that bad. He could have came back at certain points last year, week 10, week 11 last year, and they were trying to they were trying to make it cautious with him, more or less, because the Jets were out of it at that point. They weren't winning games, so they were trying to make it where the injury, they were trying to hold him back. And if that's the case, why would you take an offensive lineman? It just makes no sense. 
Uh, Carl says, if smokescreen, if Walker goes to one, then Hutchinson will go number two to Detroit. Yeah, it's still possible, but I think the way John Daigle was speaking last year, leaning Thibodeau is where his betting would be in that case. He said he wouldn't be surprised because it's a Michigan guy. He's a Dan Campbell-type guy that he wouldn't uh, wouldn't do that. <laughs> really, Carl? I have to wear underwear on his head for, my, for picks 15 to 20? <laughs> Carl, I didn't lose another bet yet. I have another bet pending for the baseball season of a polar bear tattoo. That would be a good idea. You need one. You know, but <laughs> if Aiden Hutchinson is sitting there at four, I, I, I'm going to be really upset if the Jets don't draft him. As you should be. I, I would really be upset because it just doesn't make sense when you're looking for a t- an off a defensive lineman. You've been craving for one for years. You finally get one who could really change your defense for the better, mm-hmm. and you just pass up on him because, oh, Joe Douglas likes a Quanu, and he, he wants to fill in a spot that you already have filled in over the last two years. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's also, you don't have a luxury of pass rushers. You can't pass up on it. It's one thing if you had two or three pass rushers already that are pretty good, and you want to say, all right, this guy is our best player available. Let's take him. We've seen the Giants do that for years where they just take their guy, and they don't fill the needs that they have. You have a craving need of off of defensive line of a premier position, you have to take that kind of thing if it falls. You're getting a gift of Jacksonville being weird like they always are. I think they're getting a gift if Kevon Thibodeau is sitting there, but they're not going to draft him because Mm -hmm. I just think that they believe that he doesn't fit the scheme, the defensive scheme, which I don't understand that either. You, you You get a speed rusher on the outside, which you've been looking for and craving for years, and then you just say, you know what? I don't want him. I'd rather Jermaine Johnson. And I'm not saying Jermaine Johnson's going to be a bust because I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think he's going to be a great pass rusher Mm -hmm. in this league. The only problem here is is Kevon Thibodeau is a star. He, to me, as long as he has his head in the game and he he makes sure that football is number one, I think Kevon Thibodeau is going to be a superstar in this league. And watch, he'll go to the Giants and the Jets pass up on him and the guy becomes the, the... Michael Strahan of this time, and and it would bother all our uh, all the Jet fans because Absolutely. they'd be sitting there at four saying, you know what, we need a pass rusher, and you know what, we decide to trade, uh, decide we bring in, we bring another offensive lineman, Aquano, and we already have Makai Beckham, and then they decide to trade Makai Beckham, he becomes a star somewhere else. It, it's it's typical for the New York Jets to do that. Yeah, it's again another thing. It's a premier position too. I understand if you want to pass on a safety or a linebacker or something like that that isn't as much of a premier position where that you could get that later in drafts. This is a pass rusher that is pretty scheme proof. He's a great athlete, six foot six, two hundred seventy two pounds or whatever he is. It's not like you have to worry about that. Actually, if you think about it, the one that is probably the hardest one to judge if he's a scheme fit is the one they're most interested in is Jermaine Johnson because he played mostly as a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is a stand-up. So will he be able to transition? Well, I think he'll be fine. I'm not really worried about that because he has great speed and explosiveness. But that's the one that you're, you're worried about that. But you're worried about it with Thibodeau and you're worried about it with Hutchinson. If he doesn't end up falling, it makes no sense that logic either judging even just the raw pass rushers in this draft. Trayvon Walker is the same kind of thing where you have to worry about, okay, he played he played good for Georgia last year. I'm not just saying that he didn't, but he also didn't play all the time. He played in different roles, different defenses too, where he never really got acclimated to one thing. If either. Walker's sitting there at four, do the, do the Jets draft him at four? Mm-hmm. That's the question too. I mean, because I also heard that if, if he's sitting there at four, the Jets can't pass up on him either. Right. So it's... 
I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch a lot of Walker this year. I watched him, obviously, in the national championship. He's a sensational player. He, he was a standout, obviously. But he has moved up in the draft board. He went all the way from 10, the 10th best uh, targeted player in this year's draft, to all the way to one right. in, in, like, five weeks. It's crazy. I mentioned, too, his jump was so weird, too. It only really started happening once Ojabo got hurt, too. It, Ojabo was thought of as that third pass rusher after Thibodeau and Hutchinson after the combine. And then, obviously, he gets the Achilles injury at his pro day, which was about a month ago. Then, all of a sudden, Trayvon Walker was getting all that hype more in mock drafts. Not necessarily to the Jaguars initially, but Detroit, uh, the Jets were taking him over Thibodeau at certain points. Thibodeau was sliding to 8 and 9, which didn't make sense at that time. It, it just seems kind of weird. Now, whether it's a smokescreen or not is another question. I don't think it is from the way the Jaguars love to do it, but who knows at this rate. I It's just one of those things that just the rise seems very weird, and it might be something where they don't get the value of a true top five pick out of that, too. Because, yes, he played well for Georgia last year, but he also didn't start all the time because, remember, Adam Anderson was playing in his place. They had all those other linebacker depth, which a lot of them will be drafted in this draft, too. So he didn't even really get, like, that full-time role, either. He had six and a half sacks. He played very well. You know what would be really interesting? If the Jets draft Hutchinson at four and then get a Jabo you know, in the second round, early in the second round, yeah. and really solidify that defensive line for the future. And yet right. you have the two guys that played on the same defense in Michigan playing for the New York Jets. I think that would be a great move for the yeah, Jets. It course. really would be. I mean, Ajabo won't play next year, but he'll be back the year after. And that's where a lot of people believe the Jets are going to take that next step into a, a playoff t- contending team every single year. It's not going to be this year because – the, the AFC is very strong this year, especially in the division, the Kansas City Chiefs division, with, with all those predominantly top teams, with, with uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders, and then all the, you know, the, there's so many different, you know, and then the Broncos, obviously. So, and then you have the Baltimore Ravens, the Browns, and they, there's just so many teams, the Buffalo Bills. So and the Patriots. So it, the Jets are not expected to make the playoffs this year. But if they can win seven or eight games, especially in the schedule, the schedule that they're going to have this year, that's that's a lot of steps forward instead of six or seven steps back that we've seen over the years with the Jets. They'll start off looking really, really good and then fall off. And right. then we'll, we'll be talking about obviously getting rid of Robert Sala or looking for a new coach. We've seen this before with the Jets. So. Um, and I, I know everybody says we're, we're talking a lot about the Jets and the Giants, but it's the interesting story right now with New York sports is where do the Jets go? Where do the Giants go? What did the Jets do if Aiden Hutchinson's there at four? It's, it's so many back and forth things that we can get into. Who do we have? Uh, before that, Carlos says, Speedy, who is the Broncos tight end now that Font has gone? It's, I can't even pronounce his last name. It's Albert Okawaganam or something like that. They drafted him in the third round last year. And uh, Jeff has arrived. <laughs> All right, Jeff, we're just waiting for you. La- yeah, the last name is Alex Aquibonum. Aquibonum? Okay. Where's CJ, Aqu- by the way? Uh, he said he'd give me five, so about five minutes ago, so he should be in any second, I would imagine. And then Nithin will never know with him, but he, he saw the message, so hopefully he comes in. Jeff, your, your, favorite, uh, your favorite Jets guy, Kevin Jackson, will be joining us, too, for a little bit. Kevin Jackson, he's the straw that stirs the drink, my friend. <laughs> stirs the drink. Oh, Jeff, the great Jeff joining us. How wonderful. <laughs> Actually, let's bring Kevin in. Ke- Jeff, you could, just, uh, you, could say, uh, you could say what you're about to say to Kevin. Yeah, what's up, K-Jack? What's going on, my guy? Wow, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> what's going on, Jeff? How you been? 
He wasn't even. <laughs> I've been great, bro. I'm not as good as Kevin Jackson. He's 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 the straw that stirs the drink. Oh that's wow. What he is. Yo, you know he's that's actually not me. That's CJ. Any ounce I, I, of knowledge on his I, show. That's what it is. I, I, the straw I, that I stirs give, the drink. I, I give CJ his props in that regards. That's actually <clears> what it is. That's the. <laughs> that, that's how I describe CJ. CJ is the one who makes that pop over there. Look um, at that. Yo, but 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 you know, I, I I bring I bring my own to the table. It is what it is. So you know, Jeff has some points. I do have some. <laughs> I do have some style and grace when it comes to what it is that we do. <laughs> You're styling and profiling. Yo, look, yeah, Kevin, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real. I'm excited, man. With, with a modicum of common sense, you got screaming CJ D Simone. Who yells at everything, right? And then you, then you got that other kid that looks like a half-smoked Marlboro menthol light. Jimmy, <laughs> I miss, I miss Jimmy. I miss Jimmy. Oh man, what's going on with Jimmy? I haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, you know, Jimmy's doing his thing right now. Jimmy was doing it big. I don't want to, you know, tell his business in particular, but uh, I'll just say it was, it was extremely positive. I was proud of him. I was excited for him. Um, but, it, you know, he just had to make a move. He said he was going to try to come back if he got time. And, uh, you know, I'm still looking forward to that. I just talked to him a couple of days ago. What kind of work is he doing over there? Ooh, Jimmy's, uh, you know, I'd ha- I could tell you, but then I think I think he'd have to kill you. Tell <laughs> <laughs> <What is> he- <laughs> <Tony laughs> secrets. What is he, in the mafia or something? Yo, look, I don't even know. Uh, I'm just, look, I- I- I'll just say this. Um, it's specialized. <laughs> It's specialized. It seems like something very secretive. What is he? Some kind of agent? Yeah. Yo, Kevin's in Georgia, right? Doesn't Kevin live in Georgia? I do. Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah got, yo, he's close, man. We gotta get that dude down to Tampa. I'll show him a good time. Oh, we gotta get a Jets Bucks game, and I'll take him to the. I'll take him to the games. Look at you, oh, man. man. You you have you have a fan, Kevin. Uh, look at that. He hates yeah. me and loves you. Wonderful. That's a perfect uh, combination right there. I no, I, I'm is. in love with common sense, and he's full of it. The rest of you are jokes. Okay, yeah. well, thank you. We could care less what you think, because you hate New I, Yorkers. I try to have some common oh, trash sense. trash people. The trash people. And they're, you, they're, they're, they're every single last New Yorker is like where is CJ? They just live in a garbage can. What is CJ doing? Is, yeah, is, is, he, he, is he coming? Is he, yeah, he, said, he, said, he said he was going to come in five minutes well, five minutes, five well, minutes ago. So. Well, yeah. uh, we're going to start with without him in, in just a few moments. We, we're not going to wait for him because uh, this is taking too long, and, and he knows that we got to get started. There's 30, 32 picks that we got to get through, and uh, we need to get him in here as soon as possible. So I'm going to give him five. But we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, hopefully CJ Desimone is with us, or we're going to start without matter. him. It doesn't matter. You got Kevin. It uh, don't matter. All right. When we come back. <laughs> Our mock draft here on the Sports Loud Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loud Mounts. You can call us at 631 631- 672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We've been waiting for this all year round. Our mock draft, no Carl this year, which uh, it's a shame because Carl was uh, very much important to our draft last year. But why not bring two very 
smart guys uh, over there on Weapons Hot. We have CJ DeSimone and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, guys? What's what over there? is going on, there we are. gentlemen? It's been a long time since me and CJ have been on. These days, I know. Well, I know you guys wanted to come on with the Jets and, and obviously the, the mock draft. Uh, we have uh, 32 picks, and we got to get started with uh, all four of us. We're supposed to be – actually, five of us. We were supposed to be six, but uh, – as we know, Nithin never shows up on yeah, time. Yeah, Nithin, it's just a classic so, flake. He, maybe he's prepping EJ Perry's basement, Jeff. Either that, or he probably thinks Sauce Gardner is going to fall to them. So yeah, he's prepping his mock draft of dream scenarios for the Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, uh, Speedy, you ready? Yep. All right, you're going to go first, then CJ, then Kevin, then um, obviously Jeff, and then me. You ready? Right, so, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. I am going to give them, I'm going to say, Iquanu for the Jaguars. I think that Trayvon Walker is a smokescreen. I think Doug Peterson gets his wish. So, I'll go Iquanu number one. My number one pick for Jacksonville is going to be Aiden Hutchinson. All right. Okay. Kevin, who do you got for number one? Yo, uh, I think me and Speedy agree on this. Um, I think Iquanu's the guy. Uh, Look, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, okay. Uh, Jeff, who do you got at one? Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think the pick should be Evan Neal, but Jacksonville always screws it up, so I'm going to give him Aiden Hutchinson. You know, it's so interesting looking at the the first pick and everything that I've heard from Adam Scheffner and Ian Rappaport today is they're moving towards Trayvon Walker. I don't understand why they would go this route, but obviously Trayvon Walker is a great player, uh, was a national champion and, and a special edge rusher. Maybe he fits the scheme better. I don't know, but the GM really likes Trayvon Walker. I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker as my first pick. All right, so now it is the Detroit Lions at number two. And I will draft for them what I think is going to happen. I think they will go Aiden Hutchinson. Like John Daigle was saying yesterday, he just seems like a Dan Campbell type of guy, Michigan guy. I know the Thibodeau rumors are coming in now. I wouldn't surprise me, but I'll go Hutchinson. Number two. Iquano is going to go number two to the Detroit one. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Kevin, who do you got at number two? CJ trying to shake things up, yeah. Um, <laughs> look, uh, you know, me, me, me and Speedy again on the same page. Hutchinson, hometown kid. They kind of got to do it. All right, Jeff, who do you have? Yeah, uh, interesting spot for Detroit. They could go a lot of different ways here. But for me, I have them taking from your national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, Trayvon Walker. Wow. Um. I think I, I can't see the Lions passing up on Aiden Hutchinson. I think Aiden Hutchinson it, is one of the. There'd be a riot. There'd be a riot in Detroit, I'm telling you right now. Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best pass rushers, uh, you know, we've seen in the last couple of years. He's a special player, had a very good year going home to a, uh, a Detroit Lions team that's looking for a superstar defensive lineman. Uh, I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson as my number two pick. All right, number three, Houston Texans. For a while, I was thinking it was going to be Gardner. It seemed like the perfect, like, Patriots mold, big type of corner, but I'm with John Daigle on this one. Derek Stingley, Houston. 
Yeah, I think Derek Stingley's going to be the pick, so I will go. The Houston Texans will select with the third pick. Derek, Derek Stingley. Stingley. Okay. Kevin, who do you have? Uh, at this point, uh, I th- I'm really not sure if uh, I can see the Texans passing up on Kayvon. So you have Kayvon. I think Thibodeau goes to the Texans at three. Okay, Jeff, who do you have? Stingley is the uh, is is the the guy everyone's talking about lately, but I believe it's a smokescreen. I believe Houston takes Icky Aquanu. I think it's it's Stingley, I, Derek Stingley. We've heard uh, from that coaching staff that they're looking for that corner presence in that uh, corner room, and he has uh, that ability to snag the ball, you know, anywhere on the field. I, I like Derek Stingley in this spot. I say Houston Texans draft Derek Stingley as the number three pick. All right, number four, first pick for the New York Jets. So being that Aquanu was my number one pick, I think they should take Thibodeau in this spot, but I do not think they will. So as a result, Sauce Gardner is now the pick for the New York Jets because they've loved him a lot is what I think will happen, even though I think they should take Thibodeau. If Joe Duck selects Sauce Gardner with the number four pick. Right after he makes that pick, he may as well go to Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson's office and may as well hand in his fucking resignation. Excuse my language. The New York Jets are not cornerback away from a competitive football team. The New York Jets are 50 players away. And we still don't even know what Zach Wilson is. With the number four pick, provided the New York Jets do not have a sale sign, will be Kayvon Thibodeau. All right. CJ's got Kavon Thibodeau. Who do you have, my friend, Mr. Jackson over there? You know what? I wanted to say sauce. Um, I really, really, really wanted to say sauce, but that's because I'm, I'm a cornerback. Uh, I played that position in particular. I really thought it was important. I just uh, I don't know if I can see Joe Douglas pulling the trigger on something like that. And uh, as much as I have had difficulties with this, I think they might go Jermaine Johnson here. Mm. I just, I, I really think they like that kid. And, and I think that, you know, again, as we start talking about. I actually would not be build, disappointed with that pick. Yeah, I, I, I think if they want to build from the line, um, this kid, he really does offer some of that versatility that I think they really need. And I think there's going to be, it, it, there's going to be an opportunity for him um, in this defense, the way that they want to use him. Man, I don't know if the kid, if the kid can be solid, at least coming out of training camp. Adding to what it is that they already have, I think it could be a big time pick. And I think I, I I just don't think that Joe Douglas is thinking what everybody else is thinking. I, I I just really have a hard time believing that that's what it is. We'll see. Jeff, who do you have at number four to the New York Jets? Yeah, it. Uh, you know, listen. It seems redundant to say that they have to address a certain position or whatever because they have a lot of needs. Um, I think they've done enough on the offensive line getting Lake and Tomlinson. So I think they're, yeah, I think they've Lake kind of Tomlinson. addressed offensive line and they've got that. They need to go defensive side of the ball. So I have the garbage pail kids taking sauce Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> garbage pail kids. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. That's the sauce Stingley conversation is, is, is really kind of playing on me though. All right. So I, I think this is a smoke screen. And I think that if Kavon Thibodeau is sitting there at four, 
the Jets cannot pass up on him. I, I, it would be a very stupid move by them. They don't want the Giants to, you know, snag him up. And you know the Giants are licking their lip if, lips if the Jets don't, don't draft him. And, and I think they go defensive lineman first at five, and then they go um, offensive lineman at seven. I think Kavon Thibodeau is the guy that the Jets draft at number four uh, to solidify that defensive line. All right, New York Giants, number five. I would want them to take Thibodeau here, but I think they love Cross too much. Carolina's going to take it offensive lineman most likely, so I think they steal Cross from the Carolina Panthers here. The Giants are taking Kevin Neal. All right. All right. Kevin, who do you got? I was, I was torn between Neal or Cross for these guys, and I hadn't actually, you know, selected him yet. I think uh, Neal is, is the pick here at five. Jeff, who do you have? Uh, yeah, I got the trash people taking Evan Neal. No, I, I, I th- the knee problems have been coming out all over social media and uh, all over the different people, the writers at the Giants uh, have been following the Giants for the last couple of weeks. I, I think they pass up on Evan Neal. I think he falls. I think the Giants at five draft Charles Cross. He fits. Uh, what they're looking for. They had him practicing on the field, playing right, ta- right tackle and left tackle because of what Thomas did this year. I, I expect him to bring in Charles Cross. Uh, at five, the Giants draft Charles Cross. All right, number six, Carolina Panthers. And they will take Evan Neal. I think they have to take offensive line, run the risk of the knee injury, even if it is a big deal. They need it so badly. They drafted so much defense, I don't think they'll need it. So Carolina takes Evan Neal after Cross goes to the Giants. Now, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. Yes, number six, Carolina, yes. They have quite a few needs. The Carolina Panthers will select safety Kyle Hamilton. Mm. Wow. Kevin? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, uh, CJ kind of threw me off with that one right there. Um, realistically, uh, there's a, a a difficult issue that they're going to have to deal with when it comes to quarterback. Um, and I'm I'm b- because this is a mock. I'm 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 fifty fifty here that they go Kenny Pickett. Ooh. Jeff, who do you have? Who did Kevin just take? Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Pickett's of Carolina. You know, I thought I was going to be the one, but <laughs> goddamn, Kevin almost beat me to it. But uh, I do have them taking quarterback at six. But I, I believe it's Malik Willis. Yeah, I, that was that was that was our fifty-fifty. I was thinking which one would it be? Yeah, I got Malik <laughs> Willis too going to Carolina. Um, at number six, they are definitely going to draft a quarterback. I know Evan Neal sitting there. They need offensive line help, but they need a quarterback. I I don't think they really believe in Sam Darnold uh, or who they have on their roster right now. Malik Willis could really win this job, uh, you know, pretty pretty early in the uh, OTAs before the preseason. So give me Malik Willis at number six. So the Giants' second pick at number seven. So Thibodeau's still left for me, so Giants scoop him up at this point. As I mentioned, best player available. The Buffalo Bills love to do with Joe Shane. He learned from Brandon Bean. I think they scoop him up here. I think uh, Charles Cross, tackle out of Mississippi. Kevin? I was going to go Cross here also. Kevin has Cross. Jeff, who do you have? Seven. I I like Speedy's pick and Thibodeau. I'm I'm torn right now between Thibodeau, but I think I'm going to lean the other way. Giants take cornerback Derek Stingley. All right. Ooh. 
At number seven, I think the Giants draft Sauce Gardner. Solidify their corner position. He gets down all the way down there. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Atlanta Falcons, number eight. So they will take, yes, Jeff, from your national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. They will take Trayvon Walker if he does end up falling there, which I have him falling there. So Georgia to Georgia, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, CJ. Who do you have? Wow. Interesting. I think that Hawkins will take the first wide receiver off the board here. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Kevin? Wow. Um, this is where I have Malik coming off the board. Ooh. I think it, I think Atlanta snatches the, the QB right now. Jeff? Uh, at eight, I have Atlanta taking Charles Cross. I, I think they're going wide receiver, too. I think they need a wide receiver there. Uh, they got Kyle Pitts. Why not uh, solidify your offense over there? I say they draft Jamison Williams at number eight. I think he's the best uh, best wide receiver on the board. I know he's going to start the season on the, on, on the sidelines, but in November when he gets in, you got yourself a prolific offensive player. So Jamison Williams goes to the Atlanta Falcons. All right, number nine, the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle drafts weird all the time, so nothing they do will surprise me. They could also trade back, but they do love this position a lot, and there's as good of a value as you can get. I think they will go Kyle Hamilton, number nine. You know what? I think that Seattle will probably want a glass rusher at that point. Um, to try to rebuild that D. So I could see them taking George Karloftis. You know what? I, I think we need to change the order up because Speedy's uh, taking all of my selections here. But <laughs> um, I, I really do, for for whatever reason, I think Seattle takes Hamilton. I really do. I think they feel like if they pair him up with uh, Blitzboy, they could have, uh, you know, I guess what would be some sort of foundational anchor to a defense. Blitzboy. <laughs> Let's move on. Jeff, who do you have at number nine? I still have Kayvon Thibodeau on my board. And, um, man, I – shit. I guess I got to use him here because I, I think that that's – you know, a, a fall any further would be ridiculous. But because I'm torn between them taking either Trevor Penning or Thibodeau, but I, I'll go Thibodeau here. I think they're going to go with uh, a safety as well. And why not get the best safety? I don't know how he falls time. A lot of people think he falls out of the top ten. I don't see him going past Seattle. All right. Second pick for the New York Jets. So being that I had Sauce Gardner going there at four, based on uh, what Joe Douglas is like, number ten, they get their pass rusher, Jermaine Johnson, to the Jets. They need a wide receiver, so let's see. Since Jamison Williams is still on my board, pick number ten. Kevin, who do you have at 10 to the New York Jets? Jameis. Great mind. This is where I actually think there'll be a little bit of a run on wide receiver. I got the garbage pail kids taking wide receiver from USC, Drake London. <laughs> the garbage pail kids. No, at number 10, at number 10, I, it's so interesting. Obviously, the Jets are going to be looking for a wide receiver. We've heard. Uh, I do not believe they're going to get Debo Samuels. Uh, everything that I've heard, it's not going to happen, at least um, at the draft. I think they go with Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, uh, the speed demon, the guy that can run 
so many different uh, you know different routes. I think he's one of the. I think he's the best route runner in this year's draft. Give me Garrett Wilson at number ten to the New York Jets. All right, number eleven, the Washington Commanders. This is going to be my one of my weird ones here. They love to reach on offensive linemen. Or not reach all the time, but they love to draft offensive linemen. So this is where I have Tyler Linderbaum off the board here, number 11 to Washington. CJ? I could see Washington. I agree with Jeff that there's going to be a little bit of a run on wide receivers here. I see Drake London going to the Washington Commanders at 11. Kevin? Uh, yeah, the wide receiver run does begin here, or, or I guess uh, it, it began for me last pick. Uh, Jameson, excuse me. At, 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 I see uh, Garrett Wilson going here. Uh, Jeff? Washington uh, has a great wide receiver on their team named Terry McLaurin. Speedy, yep. where did Terry McLaurin go to college? Ohio State. This is where I have Garrett Wilson going. I have heard everything that if Drake London, if they love Kyle Hamilton and they love Drake London. If Drake London is still on the board at number 11, that's where he's going. They absolutely love him. I think Drake London will still be on the board. Drake London goes to the Washington Washington Commanders All right. at number 11. Number 12 is the Minnesota Vikings. The 12 Minnesota Vikings. So I have – they need a pass rusher. They lost Everson Griffin last year. I know they signed Zedarius Smith, but uh, I don't know how well he'll fit the scheme. They love to draft pass rushers. So this is where I have Karloftis going at number 12 to Minnesota. All right. I have uh, Durbin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah, going to Minnesota. This is where I have Trayvon Walker going. Um I think at, at this point in time, there's been, you know, kind of a crazy flip, but this is, he's best edge, uh, best edge left on the board at this point. They go ahead and snatch him up here. Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota needs pass rushing help. He's still on my board. This is where I have Kayvon Thibodeau going. No, he's not on your board. You took him to the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Oh, that's right. I did. I'm sorry. Then this is where I'll have Jermaine Johnson. I, too, believe this is where wow. Jermaine Johnson goes. I think he goes 12 to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think he's, he's a great pass rusher. They love those speed uh, pass rushers at the edge. I think Jermaine Johnson's a perfect scheme fit. Give me uh, Jermaine Johnson at number 12. Actually, I'm going to change again. Sorry, Speedy. Yep. Give me Kyle Hamilton here. Oh, all right. Number 13 is the Houston Texans, their second pick. All right, so this is where uh, one pick after CJ did it, I will give Devin Lloyd. They, the Patriots always love to draft a lot of linebackers in the f- top two rounds, and the, Devin Lloyd is a very physical-type guy. He's kind of the mold of what they like, so I could see that kind of thing for the Texans as well. CJ, who do you have? Cornerback out of Washington going to Houston with their team. Trent McDuffie. That's actually not a bad pick, CJ. That actually is a pretty good pick. Um, I actually have Devin Lloyd going here. Um, they do need linebacker help. This is where I would see Lloyd. Uh, get snatched up early. One, Jeff, one of the only first-round linebackers, right? Jeff, who do you have? Yeah, Houston, they need – god damn, you can't go wrong saying they need anybody. Anybody <laughs> yeah. anybody drafts here is a legitimate chance of going here. But uh, I think they need wide receiver the most, so this is where I'd have Jamison Williams going. They need pass rush. And being that they get Stingley at number three, Kaloftis is, is the best pass rusher on my board. Uh 
George Karloftis goes to the Houston Texans. All right, number 14, the Baltimore Ravens. So this is where the run of the wide receivers starts for me. They've always loved speed, guys. Jamison Williams to the Ravens, first wide receiver off my board. I think that to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they're going to they're gonna be the landing spot for Sauce Gardner. So Ahmed Gardner goes to the Baltimore Ravens. Kevin? That's pretty dope. Uh, actually, I, I'm going to uh, do the, get the kind of the flip on that. This is where Stingley goes for me. They, they need a few things. They could take Karloftis here, whatever. But I have the Ravens taking offensive tackle, Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning. Listen, Baltimore loves their defense, and they love their tackles. And to me, what he did at the Combine was sensational. I believe at 14, the Baltimore Ravens draft, Jordan Davis, Georgia, defensive tackle. Oh, Jeff, he's not going to the Patriots on Errol's mock. Don't don't worry, he doesn't get there on mine either. Oh, he doesn't get – no, he he shouldn't. All right, number 15, the first of two picks for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Eagles love their front seven players. They need linebacker help pretty badly. I think they go with N'Kobe Dean here at number 15. For 15, I have the Philadelphia Eagles taking Jordan Davis. I could see that, too. Yeah. I was actually kicking around between both of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, I Who think did N'Kobe CJ pick for the Eagles? Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis. J- Jordan Davis. Pig. Um <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, it's hard not to like that guy there, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I, I do think I like Nicole, I like B. Dean more for them here. Hmm. Jeff? Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, they need a little bit of everything as well. They could take corner. They could take to tackle Jordan Davis. But that's not who I have him taken. I got him uh, defensive end George Karloftis, Purdue. At 15, they need corner help really, really badly. Uh, they're look, uh, And right now, I believe the, the best player on the board is Trent McDuffie, Washington, and that's where I think the Eagles go. Trent McDuffie goes to the Eagles at number 15. All right, number 16 is the first pick for the New Orleans Saints. Jeff, you were mentioning you were mentioning Penning as a guy that's risen a lot in yep. recent boards. This is where I have him going. Uh, John Daigle mentioned yesterday they're looking to replace Teron Armstead. Saints love going first round offensive linemen. Looks like a match made in heaven. I think they go wide receiver here. I think they're going to go Traylon Burks. Wolf. Kevin. Wow. I was thinking not Traylon. Jeff, right, who ahead. do you have Sorry. at number sixteen? What, what happened? What, what he lost do? his list. Go, go to yeah. sixteen. New Orleans. Jesus, who knew he knew how to read and write? Good for him. Uh, Sixteen. I agree with I, I agree with CJ wide receiver. I don't agree on the pick. I have them taking Chris Olave at number sixteen. I like I like what Speedy said. Uh, they're going to be looking for offensive line help. Uh, the best tackle on the board right now is Trevor Penning. We listened to John Daigle yesterday. He really likes him. A lot of speculations that that's where they're going. Give me Trevor Penning going to the Saints at number sixteen. All right, uh, Kevin, you got your pick for the Saints? Yeah, uh, this is where I had um, Trevor Penning going also. I think the offensive tackle, I think that was that was the standout position for them. He's a mauler. I don't know. I, 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 it does make sense for them in, in this spot. All right, number 17 is the L.A. Chargers. <clears throat> don't do it to me, Stevie. 
Yeah, Jeff, it just makes too much sense. It's their biggest need. I know you're going to want Jordan Davis for the Patriots. It just It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> they need run defense, and he's a big guy that they need, and he's going to be a dominant force with Joey Bosa like Khalil Mack. Jordan Davis for the Chargers. I don't want it either. I don't like the Chargers, but it's going to happen. CJ? I got Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback uh, out of Clemson, going to the Chargers. Okay. Kevin, who do you have? Uh, these guys, they need um, interior linebackers. Uh, I, I, I just kind of think that that's something that uh, they're going to be really kind of in a position for. Um, I, this might be a little bit of a reach for me, um, but I think I like uh, Leo Chanel here for them. Jeff, who do you have? Number 17 to the Chargers. Who did he take? I didn't hear who he took. Leo Chenef. Wow. Chenef. Oh, man. Speedy, do it. Just just write it down. I'm not even giving my pick. You know. Just write it down. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Who's he have? Jordan Davis. (laughs) He doesn't doesn't want to say it. It breaks my heart, dude. It actually breaks my heart. It just makes too much sense, though. All right. I want that fat pig next to Christian Barmore so bad. At number 17, I, you know, obviously, I, I said Jordan Davis is off my board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know they need defensive line help. And I think he's the best defensive lineman. I watched him in the national championship. I love him. Devontae Wyatt, Georgia Bulldogs, defensive tackle, senior, goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. All right, second pick for me, or second pick for the Eagles, 18. So they went linebacker with their first pick from my board. They go receiver this time. They have to get somebody to make it work. They drafted Devontae Smith. They go alongside him. Give me Garrett Wilson for the Eagles. I got Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State, going to the Eagles. Kevin? Yeah, that that, that Willis to Olave connection is going to pop off. So, yeah, I, I got Olave going here also. Jeff? Yeah, so the second pick for the Eagles, is that where we are? Yes, 18. 18? Okay. Yeah, I got him taking a cornerback out of Washington, Trent McDuffie. Um, I got him at wide receiver, too, and I, I, I think Chris Olave is a speed demon. He's a perfect fit right there at the Eagles. They love those speed guys. They have Devontae Smith, and now they have an Ohio State Buckeye, Chris Olave. All right, number 19, the second pick for the New Orleans Saints. So very similar. The Saints also need wide receiver big time, and we've seen the Saints draft a lot of bigger body type, more uh, receivers in the past. I know a lot of a lot of us are like making the same picks. Like you have wide receiver here for the Saints. I just had it earlier. Kevin Jackson and I are agreeing a lot. Yeah, look, I don't know what it is. it's just it's making a lot of sense the way. So, that ma- it's so maybe when you lost your paper, it was maybe I had it the whole time. Yeah, right. CJ, who do you have? We started off early. All right. I think that the New Orleans Saints go defense here. I'm going to see them taking linebacker Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. Kevin, who do you have? Uh, I, I kind of like Traylon here, man. I'll just be honest with you. Um, they need uh, they need a couple of things. They do need offensive tackle help. I know that for a fact. But uh, I think Traylon is a, is a value here. Um, you're not going to be able to wait to get him in the second round. He's not going to make it. Jeff? Yeah, like I was saying before, I already, you know, Speedy's got him taking a wide receiver here. I, I, you know, and he had them taking a tackle earlier, right? I had the wide receiver earlier. This is where I'll go tackle. And you know I love this school, Speedy. Offensive tackle, Tulsa Golden Hurricane Tyler Smith. <laughs> yes, the official partnership of Zayvon Collins. 
That's right, baby. <laughs> On my board, I still have Burks going to the Saints at number 19. All right, number 20, the New England Patriots. No, number 20 is nope. Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. 21 yeah. is the Patriots. All right, number 20 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they definitely need offensive line help, but we've also seen them draft a lot of defense for years. They draft very strange a lot of the time, too. So I'm going gi- to give them a corner off the board here. I'm going to say Trent McDuffie goes here to the Steelers. Devonta Wyatt to the Steelers. Kevin? Um, I, I just, I think they need safety help. Um, I think this might be a little bit of a shock pick, but I think Lewisine goes here. Jeff? Yeah, uh, they need to keep the Trubisky upright here. I have them taking center Tyler Linderbaum. I think they're looking at quarterback, and why not get Mr. Pittsburgh himself? I think the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 20 draft Kenny Pickett. All right, number now number 21 to the New England Patriots. Jeff, I know you wanted Jordan Davis, but I don't think you'll be disappointed at this because I know you like this prospect. Patriots definitely need a number one type receiver. I'll, he's still on my board. Drake London to the Patriots. Patriots select center Tyler Lebaugh. Okay. Kevin, uh, the weirdest pick. Bill Belichick is playing three-dimensional chess over there. Sauce Gardner. <laughs> Sauce Gardner still on your board? Jeez. Let me yeah, see man. this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, he falls to 21. I don't think that's happening. Yeah. But, but Look, watch, watch how it happens. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeff, who do you have? Oh, God. I actually hate myself because New England is easily – whoever project, is projected to go to New England never goes to New England. So I'm going to say the Patriots take cornerback Daxton Hill. Okay. Oh, you Michigan guy? <laughs> um, um, versatile, versatile prospect. He plays safety and cornerback speed. No, I, I, know, I know who he is. I'm just surprised right, you Speedy, took a Michigan shut guy. up and let me go. <laughs> Jesus, you don't shut up. Jesus Christ. At number 21, I think New England really likes this guy. I think this, this fits his scheme. They like the linebacker. I, I think he's the best linebacker still on my board. I like Devin Lloyd going to the New England Patriots. All right, number 22, the Green Bay Packers. Will they finally take a wide receiver? We'll never know, but they have to do it at some point. So this is where I have them doing it. Chris Olave to the Packers. I have the Green Bay Packers taking Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Kevin. I have Green Bay taking Drake London. Wow, you fell down too. Uh, Jeff, where do you have him? Running uh, yeah, they got to find a way to try to do something with that offense. And it's going to be hilarious. Like, he wanted wide receiver this entire time when they had Adams there, and he didn't get it. Got to replace him. Wide receiver Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Oh, you stole mine. I also have Johan Dotson sitting there on my board. Speed Demon. Guy can run any single route. Guy's got tremendous speed on the outside. I think that's where he goes at 22. All right, number 23, the Arizona Cardinals. CJ, you'll like this. This is where I have my first Florida Gator going off the board. They have Marco Wilson already as a corner. They need some corner depth. I'm going to go Kair Elam, number 23, to Arizona. 
I definitely don't have him going to Arizona, that's for sure. Arizona, I could see them going offensive line, so I see them taking Trevor Penning. This is where I have Carl Loftus going. Jeff? Yeah, I got Arizona taking uh, Jermaine Johnson. I'm going to take a wild card here. Sky Moore. Mm. Wow. At number 23. Okay. More and more, him and Rondell. Rondell Moore. Okay. I like it. All right, number 24, Nithin's Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones loves drafting offensive linemen. He's a Texas guy. I'll go the interior guy with Zach Martin getting older. Kenyon Green, number 24 to Dallas. CJ? I could see them going offensive line with this pick. Um, there's a couple of decent ones still up there in the upper echelon. I could see Zion Johnson, guard out of Boston College, going to. You know, I didn't even have a Quano off my board, do I? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I noticed that, yeah. I don't even have a Quano um, off my board. <laughs> I, I got. I have a. Uh, I have Tyler Smith going here. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. I mean, it just shows you like guys can. You want to give him to the Saints flip. instead of Panning? <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. This is how this is how guys fall, right? See, yeah, but I don't think how guys slip though. You just forget that they're there. For the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Kevin with the with Sauce Gardner and you with the Quado. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I forgot all about a Quado. I don't think he falls that far. That's for sure. <laughs> Sauce is probably Sauce is probably not going to fall that far either. But I, 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 I think this is this is where we really start to see a lot of movement. Anyway, right? Like like maybe a little bit before this time, but this is when teams are going to start trying to. Move I completely around. forgot that I had a Quanu still on my board. <laughs> but could you imagine him fall all the way over there? Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, Cowboys, Dallas, yeah, Dallas, gross. <laughs> The team that currently has a murderer on it will take, uh, you know, Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones's boy. They got to replace him. Wide receiver, Arkansas. Traylon Burks. I'm going to move Aquanu to my 16th pick to New Orleans. So I'm going to say that now that I have Trevor Penny, um, um, Penning. Penning, I'm sorry, on the board. I say the Cowboys go after the offensive tackle. He's the best tackle on the board, so I'm going to go with Trevor Penning. All right, Penning to the Cowboys. All right, number 25, the Buffalo Bills. So, CJ, one pick after you made your pick for Zion Johnson. I have him going to the Buffalo Bills. They definitely could use some offensive line depth. They really filled out everything nicely on defense, so I think he's a good value pick here for Buffalo. CJ, who do you got, buddy? See, I could see Buffalo going after another skill position player. Um, I still have Jahan Dotson still on my board, so I could see him going Buffalo Bills. Mr. Jackson. Yeah, uh, Buffalo needs uh, wide receiver help. I think they need uh, uh, maybe a running back, but this is a little too high for that. Um, I would say maybe cornerback here is is probably a really big need. Uh, I would go Trent McDuffie. Goes to Buffalo here. Jeff? They certainly could use Kenyon Green here for me or Zion Johnson at guard. That's not where I have them going. I have them taking cornerback from Clemson, Andrew Booth Jr. I think at this position, I think the first running back is going to be off the board. That is the most important position. They don't have a running back going into this year. Singletary is not the guy. They don't have anybody. And I think the best running back is Iowa State running back Bryce Hall. Or Brees Hall yeah. goes Brees to the Hall. Buffalo 
Bills at number 25. Just to get tackled by Bryce Hall. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a, that's a short. Number 26, the Tennessee Titans. So they could use a lot of different things here. Offensive line, receiver, especially if they do trade A.J. Brown. But I, they, I'm going to give them some more secondary depth. They had a lot of injuries last year. So this is where I have Andrew Booth going. Versatile physical guy goes to the Titans. I'm actually going to go offensive line here with the Tennessee Titans because they need a guard, they need a center, they need edge help. They also need more help. So I can see them addressing their offensive line. Uh, Tyler Smith, tackle out of Tulsa. Mr. Jackson? Um, I was kind of torn here between going offensive line or wide receiver. I think uh, Jahan Dotson's value is uh, a little bit too much for them. I think this is where they, they snatch up Dotson. Yeah, there's a weird connection here with Tennessee's draft pick for me. Uh, they they need a lot of things. They could take wide receiver, but I think they're going to address guard. And head coach Mike Vrabel got a good look at Zion Johnson because he played right next to his son, Tyler Vrabel, at Boston College. So I got him taking Zion Johnson here. Green's still on my board, and I think he's the best tag. I, I think he's the best offensive lineman still on the board. All right, number twenty-seven. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Jeff, you've mentioned it all the time, talking about connections of other past players to team them up together. Tampa's got two Auburn cornerbacks. They go for a third here. Roger McCreary, drafted by Tampa. Should have given him Smoke Monday. (laughs) Yes, that would have been great. CJ? (laughs) With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have needs at guard, center, and defensive interior. They're going to address their guard here. They're going. They're going to take Kenyon Green, guard out of Texas A&M. I think that the, the offensive line runs a little ugly right now. I kind of don't like the guys left. Um, defensive tackles most definitely a need. I think this is where Jordan goes. Jordan Davis. Jeff, the Bucks gotta keep an old man upright. He ain't getting no younger, so they need a lot of help up there. And they got to replace Ali Marpet up front. So this is where I got Kenyon Green. I, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need a lot of cornerback depth. They don't have enough. They lost Whitehead in the offseason. Um, I think they need secondary help. And I think at 27, Car Elam is the uh, the Kair. best. Kair, whatever his name is. Kair Elam is the best corner on the board for me. So I'm going to go with Kair Elam at number 27 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, number 28, the second pick for the Green Bay Packers. We talked about it yesterday with John Daigle. They love a lot of athletes, especially on defense. They love a lot of hybrid players, especially on defense. Jeff, another one from your Georgia Bulldogs. The Green Bay Packers will take Quay Walker. Oof, that's a good one. He's stealing mine now. Go ahead, CJ, who do you have? All right, well, I see the Green Bay Packers... Drafting another quarterback, even though their needs are wide receiver. They're going with Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty. Weird. Kevin? Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, Actually, that's a pretty decent pick. Um, I think they need help on the outside right now a little bit. Uh, David Ajabo uh, goes here for me. Mm -hmm. Jeff? uh, I'm going to make my pick here, but I want to just recall your memories. Does anyone remember a guy that was drafted, Montez Sweat? Yes. What happened with Montez? He went to Washington. Yeah, he had had that heart condition that had him falling in the draft. Right. Who's the guy here that could fall in the draft? Give me David Ojabo, Green Mm. Bay Packers. 
He's a top 10 talent, and mm. getting him at 28 is a steal. I don't think he's going to go in the first round because of his injury. I, I like uh, Green Bay, Quay Walker, uh, athletic. We heard what John Dickel said. They love athletes. He played ba- basketball. He was a pretty good baseball player. And he's a great football player. Give me Quay Walker, athletic linebacker from Georgia. All right, number 29, the first of back-to-back picks for the Kansas City Chiefs. And speaking of back-to-back, Jeff, I'm going back-to-back Bulldogs here. Chiefs might lose Honey Badger in the offseason, probably going to the Rams I like Errol. the same see. pick you're making. I got the same yep, pick Lewis, Yep, Louis Cine to the Chiefs. It's just seen. It's Cine. just seen. I've got the first Florida Gator coming off the board. Bayer Elam, cornerback, Florida, going to the city Chiefs. Mr. Jackson? Um, I think they're looking to replace some speed. This is where I have Sky Moore coming off the board. How about you, my friend, Jeffrey? I have them taking wide receiver, North Dakota State, Christian Watson. At 29, I think Kansas City is going to go safety. Uh, on my board, I like this kid. Uh, I think a lot of people think he's a second-round talent. I think he's a first-round talent. I like Daxton Hill to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, second pick for the Chiefs. Yeah, as much as the Ojabo pick is definitely intriguing for them, they love to have pass rushers. I don't think he gets to the first round. I think the Chiefs definitely replace receiver here. So this is where I will go, Jahan Dotson. Sky Moore, that'll definitely address their uh, their wide receiver concerns. Mr. Jackson? I think because they already did that with the last pick, I'm going to flip it a little bit. No, they need cornerback help, and this is uh, where Andrew Booth comes off the board. Mm-hmm. I like the kid from North Dakota. Yeah. The one uh, Jeff picked him, Watson, at number 29, yes. so you have him at 30. I have him as my 32. All right. So the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Well, they need offensive line help. They got it a little better in the offseason, and they also need secondary help. I don't know if there's really any secondary prospects I would take here. So I will give them Tyler Smith good depth at 31. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals will go after another wideout. Got taken George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Cincinnati struggled mightily with that offensive line. Um, I think this might actually be one of the best picks in in this entire first round. They get Tyler Linderbaum. Still on my board. Speedy mentioned it earlier. They do need cornerback. This is where I have Kyer Elam. I would go with uh, Mr. Jackson here. Lindebaum is still on my board. Uh, he is the best player available. I think they need offensive line help. Why not protect their their very great young quarterback for, for many, many years to come, a dynamic duel, a duo uh, with Joe Burrow. Give me Mr. Lindenbaum. All right, last pick, the Detroit Lions, number 32. I mentioned I feel like they could do it. I know Josh was saying that they could trade back and then get a quarterback later, but I feel like they're going to take a quarterback with this pick, even though I don't think they should. So I'll give them Malik Willis, even though I don't. I, I would not advocate for it. Jared Goff played well last year. I think they do it here, Malik Willis. I got them taking a tackle, Earnhardt Raymond out of Central Michigan. I do believe that uh, they need a little bit of outside help. They need some. They need some edge help. Um, I have them going. Uh, I have them going Boye Mafe here. Yeah, they need a little bit of everything. I agree with Speedy. They could go quarterback. I'm going to hate myself because I don't think this will happen. I still have Devin Lloyd on my board, and that would be a better pick. But they need help at wide receiver. So from your national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, 
George Pickens, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I think they're going quarterback too, and you guys are gonna. You got. You guys are probably gonna jump out of your seat. The I, last. I think I know where you're going. With and this. final pick of the first round. Better not be Desmond Ritter. It's Desmond Ritter. I was wow. thinking that. Yep. Wow. Going to the Detroit okay. Lions. Some, somebody, somebody read the uh, his his article in the Players Tribune. <laughs> I think it's Desmond Ritter going to Detroit. Lions. It's actually interesting though because I actually see that combination because they do Desmond love big bodied receivers. They could go him and then Alec Pierce in the second round. I could we've seen like. Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was the final pick of the first round. Uh, speed demon run, uh, wide um, a quarterback that could throw the ball. Has a good arm, but he's inaccurate. I think. Uh, well, Detroit has a good coach. He really, they really do. And Campbell, I think he could, I think they could fix him. I think he's the future quarterback of this organization. That's what I think, Desmond Ritter. So I think he goes thirty-two to the Detroit cool. Lions. Yes. So that is our first round predictions. And we got it done pretty quick, actually. I, yeah. I thought it was going to take yeah. a little bit longer. But, uh, you know, it, it's very interesting how we all went. And there are a lot of good players still on the board. Uh, David Ajabo, yeah. I think, is going to yeah. fall to this early second round. <laughs> I think there are quite a few teams will probably draft him early in the second round. I Yes, like Jeff says, this guy is a top ten talent. But tearing his Achilles, he's going to be out a whole year. And even with George Pickens, I think he falls to the early second round. I think there are quite a few teams. I wouldn't be surprised if, even though the Jets drafted a, a wide receiver at number 10, I could see the Jets drafting another wide receiver in the, in the second round. That's the scenario I have because I didn't have the Jets having a wide receiver because I had the combo of Gardner and then Jermaine Johnson. Like you're saying, Jeff, somebody is bound to fall out of the first round from a position that deep the way it is, whether it's Dotson, whether it's somebody like Christian Watson could be an option for them. Uh, you guys had Sky Moore in the first round. I didn't have him there, so maybe that's an option too. Elijah, Dude, I, Sky I, Moore. I, Sky Moore, I don't think is a first-round pick, and the earliest I would have had him was like maybe to the Titans, but after the Titans had that disaster with uh, Corey Davis, who I think was a Western Michigan, either Central or Western Yes, Michigan, he was Western Michigan. Not, Right, they're not going to waste that pick. They're going to go more mainstream. They're going to stay away from. So there's going to like look at what happened with Errol. He he lost track of Ikemakwanu. And listen, that happens. I'm not picking on you, but like this is how guys fall. Like teams draft based on need. And if a linebacker doesn't go, and then the next three picks are like wide receivers or something, that's how that that's what happens. Guys fall. So there's going to be a lot of good picks for the Jets and the Giants in the second round, early second round. How it falls is 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 really kind of a big deal. And and I mean we we're, we're still talking about a situation where the whole Debo hanging over. I would almost say give them ten. Let us maneuver 35, 38, and sixty nine. Let us move around with that. We can move back up into the first round if, if that really is something they feel like we need to do and there's going to be players guys there that would warrant you know here take both of these two let us get this it's going to be like that and, and we, we've already recognized how wide open it's going to be this is going to be fun i don't want debo samuel i, I do not want to spend 25 million dollars yeah. off my cap uh you want to control wide receiver at number 10 wherever you draft a wide receiver at 10 or in the second round you want control of that wide receiver for the next four to five years uh, Debo Samuel's going to be asking for $25 million a year, up to four years. I think the Jets need to save that money to either decide what they're going to do. Because next year, it's not this year that's going to change where the Jets are. I think they're a 7-8 win team at best this year if, they're, you know, if everything goes right, especially the way the AFC is set up. I think it's the year after where we're going to be talking about the Jets as a playoff team and a competitive team 
for many, many years to come. So I, 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 you cannot go after Debo Samuels, especially when you know you're not, you're probably not going to be a playoff team this year. And I don't think they are. So um, they have to really be smart. I think Joe Douglas. They is never really, are. I think I think Joe Douglas is a very smart guy, and I don't think the Jets are going to just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm willing to give up the number ten pick. They have Denzel Mims, and I think the Jets will trade Denzel Mims in this year's draft. I don't know what they're going to get for him. They might get a fourth round pick for him, but I, I do see the Jets moving Denzel Mims one way or another in this year's draft, especially when they've given up on him. So. Um, I, I think they're they're going to tally up. I, I think with the two second-round draft picks that they have, I think they're going to trade down on one of them. And I think they're going to try to get more third-round draft picks like they did last year. And you saw what the Jets did. Joe Douglas actually traded with Bill Belichick last year. And I, I could see them again doing it. Bill Belichick and the Jets are, and Joe Douglas are not afraid to trade with one another. Being that the Jets have the most draft stock and by like a thousand points or something like that, the Giants are second. So, uh, I mean, the Jets have a, a tremendous amount of draft stock this year, and I think the Jets need to trade out some of those picks and get some more picks for next year, which the the, the draft is highly profiled and a much better draft next year. So, I, I think that's where I think Joe Douglas is going to look. I don't see the Jets drafting. I could see the Jets trading Carolina's pick or uh, trading their pick and getting more picks next year where I think they need to stock up over there because I think there's more talent in next year's draft. Kevin, Carl has a question for you in the comments section. Uh, Who is in the painting behind you? Oh, that's Thelonious Monk. Uh Carl also says Petit Frere is a round one talent as well. Offensive tackle from Ohio State. And uh, Carl has a question for you, Jeff. Would you say Penn State wide receivers in the NFL are like Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL minus Allen Robinson? No, I I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, you know, uh, there's been some guys that have had a lot of talent. And listen, uh, there's been guys that flame out, but you can name a bunch of team, a bunch of colleges that have had a bunch of guys that have, that have had flame outs as well. I don't need to tell Carl and remind Carl of Michigan's history. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and that's his, that's his school. You know what I'm saying? Like they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of great players drafted, but they've had some dumpster fires as well. You know, uh, Penn State for sure, they're obviously known as linebacker university, and that's traditionally where their strength has been, but they've had some good players. You can't, you can't say, oh, Penn State receivers are no good minus Allen Robinson. No, Allen Robinson counts. He's a damn good receiver. He yeah. went to Penn State. Not you only that, just throw that out, Carl. You're forgetting about another one. Chris Godwin also was Penn State. <laughs> He's pretty good. That's what I'm. Right, that's what I'm saying. You know, like they've had some. And you know, the other problem with this too is, and there's going to be busts all through this draft. There's a lot of. There's a lot of good players, but you know, a lot of them aren't going to be very good to where they're going because of scheme fits and situations and things like that. Maybe they played in a spread offense and they're not going to adjust well to an NFL pro style offense or defense, you know? So situation is going to depend a lot on, on people's success as well. Uh, Nathan also asked, uh, what do you guys think about Sam Howell? Falls to the second round. I think it's the second round draft pick. Sam Howell is the new Jake Fromm. See you in the fifth round, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll go fifth round, but I don't like him. So I think he'll fall to late second, early third round. And I, he's Of the five quarterbacks that are being thought of, he's my, my least favorite of them. Sam, let me give you the direct comparison because they played at the same school for the same coach. So I'll give you the exact same comparison. Uh, Sam Howell is a shittier Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Right. Because if you if you remember when Trubisky was coming out of college, they were like, oh, he's got a lot of talent. He's you know, but he's a project. They're going to have to work. Mm -hmm. That's what Sam Howell is. And he's also considered not as good. 
Right. So third round, fourth round, that's where he's probably going to go. I think he's a late second round, early third round pick. I like Sam Howell. I watched him play a couple of times this year. I think he could shock a lot of people. I think he's got a tremendous arm. Undersized. Yeah. Undersized, though, too. Like, he does have a big arm. You're, you're naming a lot of good attributes. He is, you know, he does have a big arm. That's terrific. But he's undersized. And So was know, Russell Wilson. Right. You're naming outliers, okay? Everyone can name an outlier. A Russell Wilson. Great. A Kyler Murray. That's two out of 10,000. I understand, but he's got the body shape of a Russell Wilson. He's got the arm strength of a Russell Wilson. And nowhere near the foot speed. No way. No way. And there's not many people. And and by the way, Russell Wilson isn't as fast as you think he is. If you if you go look at his combine, he wasn't fast. But in games, he's a lot faster. Yeah. And, and people, you know, it, just because you can't run a 40 that fast doesn't mean that you're not fast on the field. You're much faster on the field. And I think Russell Wilson's be, one of those quarterbacks. You can be quick and elusive without actually Let running a 14 question, 40, right? Are you, like, if I just put you out in front of your house in the street and said, hey, run a 40, and you just ran a 40, you're just going to run, and that's how fast you are. Yeah? Then I'm going to have Jordan Davis running <laughs> after you and see how fast you can run. <laughs> I don't know if I'll outrun that big bastard. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to outrun him. Yeah, you're, you're 100% not going to outrun him, he, but you're going to run a whole hell of a lot moving. faster than if you were moving. just out there in the street running to a stopwatch. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You, you 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 really do you 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 have to recognize that the forty as as much as I know it's a, it's it's a wow stat people like to look at the forty and 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 feel like it actually does mean something unfortunately it's it's not as as you know important as as folks may think that it is game speed is a lot different you can be quick you can be elusive without necessarily running a four two forty speed is kind of relative especially after watching the combine this season I think there's a lot of fast guys they play at a different speed than, than what it is that they look like running a 40 or, or running cone drills and stuff like that so this it's going to be it's going to be a little parody I think I think the league is going to flip a little bit this season Carl says Devin Tompkins I'm hoping he gets drafted but figure he will be signed as an undrafted free agent can we get speedy during a shuttle run on air I don't have enough room for that Carl <laughs> can we stop with the Devin Tompkins Devin Tompkins is all right. of a sudden the new EJ Perry what are we doing <laughs> he's, he's not a, he's not a bad player he's just not um We'll see. Oh, guys, I got to get ready to go. I got to. I got to. Yeah, we're we're gonna go to CJ. Have anything to say before we go? Absolutely. Weapon Top returns next Monday, seven p.m. Myself and Jax will be back in the cockpit. Be sure to join us. Well, I like that. The cockpit. Of course you do. The cockpit. (laughs) The cockpit and the host of Weapons Not. (laughs) This this guy right here. He's such an ass. He really is. This guy right don't worry, here. I got to surpri- talk. I'm surprised yeah, don't right. Just don't forget to tune. Just don't forget to tune in on the second when we bring it back. Just we, come back. Come, we're come we're back definitely back. gonna tune in. Honestly, shocked. I, I didn't send CJ into a straight seizure when I called the Jets the garbage pail kids. <laughs> I thought he was gonna lose it. kids. <laughs> you are a piece of you know. I've been man. at this shit for forty plus years. Come on, man. you gotta come something better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, All right, guys. Later, guys. Later, guys. Garbage pail. Give me great guys. CJ is great. They they do a good job over on that show. CJ CJ is great. Kevin is better, but CJ is (laughs) great. Kevin is better. CJ is great. Wow.
Thank you, Jeff. By the way, Carl says, calm down, Jeff. I taught him in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why he's going undrafted. You should have te- te- teach him how to catch a football. You know what I'm <laughs> you, see, you see a kid like that, right, Carl? Stop with the mathematics lesson and be like, you know what, kid? I'm just going to pass you. Go w- run wind sprints today. We're going to get you in shape for college. <laughs> That's what should happen. Carl should finally be that cool teacher that goes, I get it. You can barely read or write. We know what your goal is. I'm going to help you. <laughs> Maybe if he had done that, Devin Tompkins would have ended up at a better school than Utah State. Ah, there you go. The Packers will draft him in the seventh round and collectively trade him with Jordan Love. There you go. He's athletic. <laughs> There's, listen, Devin, listen, I watched a lot of Devin Tompkins because I, you know, Errol, we talk all the time. Yes. I'm up till two, three in the morning, even watching the West Coast, you know, Oregon State Beavers versus the Utah Utes. At 12 after dark. Yeah. Watch yeah, a lot 100%. of college sports, so, yes. So I've seen a lot of late night football game. You know, the Utah State Fresno game is on my schedule, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Right. Right. And so I've seen him play. He's a really, really good player. Unfortunately, this is how it goes in the draft. There's just going to be ri- – and listen, it doesn't mean that he can't make the team. The the Patriots – listen, Cowboys had Tony Romo, undrafted. The Patriots have a have an all-pro center in David Andrews, undrafted. By the way, David Andrews, Georgia, great <laughs> school, right? But, like, it doesn't mean that he's not going to catch on and, and uh, you know, and, and be halfway good. He might get drafted. He might not. Same with E.J. Perry. He might get drafted. He might not. Doesn't mean that he won't – you know, catch on with the team. Just going to have to work hard at this point. Uh, Carl says, can't teach height, but amazing points, Jeff. I love it. Right. Like, you know, like, Carl is, like, here's the problem with Carl, okay? He gets a paycheck from whatever school board that, you know, in whatever district he's teaching in. But if he really wanted to affect the lives of youth going forward, he'd be like, dude, we get it. You you stink at life, so let's play football. Go run wind sprints. Go do some pull-ups. Hit the weight room. You know, I'm going to help you be the best you can be. If he really wanted to shape the the minds of these kids, be realistic with them. I get it. Two plus two doesn't equal jello, but hit the weight room, kid. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for calling. <laughs> if we had more teachers like that, Georgia would get more good players. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. And and we could finally put an end to Nick Saban's just tyrannical rule over college football. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. All right, guys. Enjoy your evening. <laughs> the monarch Nick Saban. Oh, man. Uh, how could you not love Jeff sometimes? He's crazy. He's nuts. Oh, I'm I surprised he didn't draft DJ Perry for the Cowboys. He's crazy. I was waiting for him to do that. <laughs> he really is. He's out of his mind. God almighty. Anyways, that's it for our show. Thank you to CJ. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Mr. Jeff, for making me laugh and almost, you know, pee my pants. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week on Tuesday. We'll be back Tuesdays and Thursdays this week. Watch the draft, enjoy the draft, and we'll get into the draft on Tuesday. Until then, this is Errol Mark, Speedy Petey, saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody.
You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.